G'day everyone, welcome to Barreled Surf Podcast. Namu here with you and on this week's episode we have regular guests Mickey Plowman and Trevor Lawrence Brown from Down South Physio changing things up a little bit this week in the shed quarters. Those guys are asking us questions, myself, Adzi and T-Bone, going into a bit of our background, our surfing journeys and a little bit of storytelling as well. It's a really fun episode so I hope you guys enjoy it and of course this week's episode could not be possible if it wasn't for the support of Cheeky Monkey Brewing, Down South Physio, Forester Estate Wines, Shark Eyes Wetsuits, and of course, athleticgreens.com. If you are thinking about your health like we tend to do, go to athleticgreens.com forward slash barreled, get your bonuses, and also support the podcast. And now it's on with the show. Barrel Surf Podcast. 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 Yeehaw! Well, Fledgens, here we are, back in the shed quarters for another episode of Barrel Surf Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We are in the midst of greatness, obviously, with the Sandman, the Golden Sandman, the Golden God in the background here. But we are having a bit of a different flavor today, a bit of a different spin on things. We are going to be mixing up a bit and hearing a bit about the the hosts of the show. Uh, obviously, this is myself, Namu. We've got T-Bone to my right. T-Bone, good evening, my friend. feel like I'm on the David Letterman show with Mick Plowman. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Mickey Plowman show. And, of course, Adzi, Mick Letterman. Adzi to my left. How are you, buddy? I'm very good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> In your own shit. <laughs> but we've got a couple of special guests. We Two do of, indeed. Uh, we do indeed. Podcast favorite brethrens, Mickey the Froth Dog Plowman and Reva Frothens Brown. We've got him here, and yeah, Mickey suggested this a little while back. Just uh, said, why don't I come in and ask you boys some questions about the podcast and about yourselves and all the rest of it? So and our surfing lives, yeah, we're all surfers. Yeah, I mean, we we always ask people people questions and get stories from them. So Mickey thought, let's get you boys in to uh, ask a bit about yourself. So here we are, and uh, you know. You know Mickey Plowman, if you listen to this show, he is a judge extraordinaire, one of WA's best. He helps out the Wazzle with priority when the Wazzle's in town, does all sorts of amazing things. He's a community member of the highest order. Mickey Plowman, well, welcome, my friend. The floor is yours, Mickey Plow. Two pig extraordinaire. Take it away, son. Thanks, guys. Uh, stoked to be with you guys. And yeah, we've got some good questions to ask you guys. So hopefully at the end of tonight, uh, your listeners will have a bit of a better understanding of... Uh, about you guys. So, uh, yeah, the first question, and we thanks to everyone who's sending questions through too. <laughs> the, uh, this is going to be good fun. My cousin did, Dazza. Shout out to Dazza McDonald. Dazza. Yeah, so we've got a first question. So, obviously, you guys have done, I think it's around 112 episodes. You've been going for, I think, close to five years now. Great question here from a local young lady, uh, Lyndall Ward, and she wants to know how this all started. Who's the brainchild of getting barreled? Uh, the podcast happening. Uh, how did it all start? Did it did it start with all three of you guys together, or it'd be interesting to know how how this all started and came to fruition? Yeah, it's a good question. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Real good. That's Namu's favourite question. <laughs> no, it was Namu. Namu's brainchild. Let Namu yep. answer it. I reckon. 
Yeah, so, I mean... Put some context behind it now. I know, I know all, all of us, you know, before we started, we're, we'd be big fans of the Swellians. I know that swell. And that, that was, you know, the main surf podcast at, the moment. at that point. There was Surf Splendor and there was also a couple of other ones. Um, Danny Let, Wet Lettuce. Um, Johnson had one. I can't think what it was called right now. Lipped had one. Lipped had one. Lip was Lip were going for a couple of years at that point. They were, they were obviously really good. Um but I, I was I was actually funny enough I was in in the gym. It's probably the last time I went to the gym. So working on your pelvic floor. Working working on my pelvic floor. Yes, uh, I, I was actually on the bike and I was listening to the swellings and the episode finished and um, I thought fuck, now I got to wait between six weeks and two months or something for the next episode to come out. And I wasn't stoked with that because I love listening to it and I thought well there's there's probably be probably a bit of a gap there. I think I'm going to start a fucking surfing podcast. So I went home and said to my wife, hey, Mel, I'm going to start a surfing podcast. And she went, yeah, righto, because I never follow through with, any, with anything in my life, <laughs> apart from with my, my three kids, obviously. And um, <laughs> and um, she, she said, said you're, gonna, you're, you're a gunner. Yeah, you're gonna have it this she time. always says I'm a gunner. So, I, was, a so gunner. I said, all right, well, no worries. I'm, I'm going to do it. And I've got a... a uh, a co-host in mind and the next day I rang up uh, T-Bone, myself and Azzy and you guys as well, good friend was the boys because I know he froths on the wazzle and I thought he'd be a fucking good co-host and he was like, oh, fucking sick. That sounds amazing, mate. So stoked. Thanks for, thanks for asking me. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So I got together some gear and started started sort of planning it and everything else and um, – I said, "All right, was let's start it. Let's do it next week." And he said, "Oh, I've I've got to go to I've got to go away for work for three weeks." And I went, "Oh fuck, okay." I guess second best option, T <laughs> Bone. Fucking hell, T Bone. <laughs> I actually didn't know that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I rang up. I rang up T Bone and said, "Mate, was is not available. Do you want to do you want to jump in on this this little podcast idea that I've got?" And he said, yeah, that sounds sick. So uh, I reckon it's only about a week and a half later that we we did the first episode, which was a Margaret River Pro Review in 2019, Fuck. maybe. Check the, yeah, have, yeah. To, have to go back and check. And really sort of rudimentary um, microphones and, yeah, really really sort of amateur setup. And, but I, th- I thought straight away – with T-Bone and I talking, we've known each other since we were at school and I thought, fuck, there's straight away, I thought there's chemistry here with, with this. It sounds pretty good. You might laugh, mate. We're fucking five years down. Five years? Yeah. Fuck well, this is, well, about. not five years. This is the fifth season. Oh, oh. And I thought straight away, this, this is working. This is, this is good. Let's, let's uh, carry this on. So, um, every, I think it was at that point we did it once a month or once a, yeah, once a month. And, uh, yeah, almost straight away we started getting listeners and I just went, wow, this is this is pretty amazing. This is really good fun. T-Bone and I just talking shit. At that point it was just in either at his house or my house around the table. Yeah, later on in that same year, like maybe four or five months later, we had a special guest on the on one episode. His name was Ads Kennedy. T-Bone, take it from there, mate. Fucking Mr. Lubrication. Um, everyone knows Ads and, uh, mate, he's the nucleus. He's the... Uh you know, he just injects so much froth and, and energy into the podcast. And if anyone and can IPA. talk underwater with marbles in his mouth, it's Ads <laughs> Kennedy. And he's it's been absolute awesome. And I think um, as he's just taken it to 
so many dimensions and uh and he loves surfing the whole culture and, and really getting to know all you know the stories and just it, about all the local legends so uh yeah as he came on board and we just took it from there yeah it's it's absolutely true and one of the other things as he joined us and talking about the the chemistry that t-bone and i had when we started off that i felt it was almost like as soon as Azzy joined us, there was like a missing piece to the puzzle that was just joined up. And from that, from that point on, I just reckon we went from strength to strength. It's actually the nicest thing these two guys have ever <laughs> fucking said to me in my life. So thanks for the question, Lyndall. <laughs> yeah. Like you're about to cry, mate. <laughs> I'm still a bit fucking dark on being fucking second pick. <laughs> <laughs> we're all, mate, we're always second. We're always second pick. Well done, Namu, for starting it. Good job, son. Thanks, Mick. Was the question just how it started? It was like, sorry, it wasn't quite there. But okay, the next question is, what is the origins of your nickname, Namu? Or it's probably just your legitimate name now, almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah. My mum calls me it. Um, so, <laughs> funnily enough, I, I was on a, a trip to Indonesia in about oh, geez, it must have been mid nineties or something. And as you do, we were on Lombok. Um, the surf was small. I think we we're on Gilier and there was no swell. Gilier at that point was just a little little island with a couple of huts and nothing else. There was not like the big techno scene and stuff that there is these days apparently. We we're just on the uh, the weekly Saturday night disco where they got the generator out and pumped some disco tunes and all the local crew got absolutely fucked up on a rack and we thought well, what a good opportunity to, uh, you know, have a few drinks and maybe a little mushroom shake and we all you know had some mushrooms and uh had, had a really nice night <laughs> <laughs> and uh we, we were actually playing drinking games and you know you, in drinking games you can't obviously point at someone you can't say their real name or something those sort of rules and uh someone said ah oh, i just saw this movie called namu the killer whale i'm going to call you namu the killer whale because i can't call you andrew because you can't say names. And uh, he just, every time it came around to me, you go, Namu, with his elbow, Namu, Namu, Namu. By the end of the trip, everyone on the island was calling me Namu. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just carried on when we got home. And, yeah, by the end of the year, pretty much my whole family and, and friend group knew me as Namu. So that's that's a, so a rack and mushrooms, essentially. Oh, <laughs> that, so so good. I've, I've been wondering about the origins of your, of your name. And uh, it's pretty unique. And I got some intel from your lovely wife, Mel. So hello to your wife, Mel. And um, she's a really nice lady. She knows my wife too. And she said you were about 19 at that time. And I think it, so, it, yeah, something like, like that. the name of a killer whale. So that kind of suits you, like a, a, a lone wolf of the ocean. And, um, you know, and he, she, sorry, she was saying that um, you're a little bit rebellious in nature. And yeah, uh, so well, you're you like know a rebellious me, killer, killer whale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't like towing the line. Most people let, not, that know me know that. I'm, uh, I got caught a rat bag the other day by, <laughs> by a fellow board member of the Chamber of Commerce, which is pretty funny. <laughs> she said, Naomi, you're a rat bag, aren't you? <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I mean, Do you agree that you're rebellious or in nature? I agree I'm a rat bag. I don't yeah. like rebellious, but <laughs> yeah. Good. Mate, I like having a good time. I don't like rules. And uh, I think that's what she was referring to. That yeah. you sort of like to go the other direction quite often. Yeah, yeah. Pe if people tell me to do something, I don't necessarily like doing it. So, yeah. if that makes me a rebel, then so be it. I'm a rebel. 
rebel Don't tell me what to do, Trevor. <laughs> no, I never would, mate. <laughs> I just want to quickly add um, that you came in for treatment. I, I mentioned this in the last episode I was on uh, for your back, and you've progressed along a lot the last um, uh, period of time. We did some great rehab last night. So last night, oh. Namu was in, just so all the listeners know, he was in doing rehab, and I did, and as he wasn't there, Fuck. and um, I think Namu took Namu, you took the um, the chocolates on the on the rehab last night. You did well, and you said you're pretty frothing out on it. And also, you gave me your card. Uh, in that first appointment about four years ago. I had met you a couple of times with our kids sort of at the same age mm. um, and I was quite impressed that, that you were starting up the podcast and it's very amazing to see how far you've come. But next question. Thanks, Thank Trev. Yeah, I'm, before we do move on, I must say I felt a million bucks after that rehab last night. Felt really good. I'll give you that 50 bucks later. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I thought that was the rehab. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so i got the next question here. This is sent from a local legend, Ben O'Grady. So thanks for then seeing this through, Ben. It's actually, um, there's two questions here, one for all of you guys and one specifically for D- um, DJ Namu, he said. So for DJ Namu, he said, thanks for being the best DJ at our wedding. Oh, what he, he asked where the nickname comes from, which you've just explained. Yep. And he wants to ask DJ Namu, what is the best gig you've done as a DJ, where and why? <laughs> Obviously Ben's wedding, surely. Well, <laughs> ben, Ben's wedding was an interesting one. I actually remember this, um, Ben and Larry. So they didn't really tell me too much about it. And generally with a wedding, you do like a couple of hours or maybe even three or four hours of just like gentle music. And then they do a dance floor for the last two or three hours. And they had a cocktail wedding. So people started dancing like in the first half an hour. So I, so I had to keep the dance floor going for five hours. Wow. <laughs> and I fucking killed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that was pretty good. But I think probably the best one I ever did was at Southbound when they had the Southbound Festival down in Busso. And we had the we used to have the Coconut Club down there and one day I had a, you know, probably, I don't know, 500 people there just sort of probably off their chops. I was there. <laughs> Having and having my chops, <laughs> and just that was like one of the first ever Southbounds, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Just um, yeah, playing playing music and seeing five hundred odd people just bouncing up and down was pretty fun. So yeah, probably that one. See, awesome. And Ben's wedding, unreal. <laughs> no, cool, cool. And Ben also asked a question to all three of you guys. He uh, wants to know, out of all your quiver and collection of surfboards, uh, what's the the magical one? The, you know your best surfboard, and he specifically asked you, Adzi, uh, your single fin. He knows you're fond of single fins, so mm. if you've got a favourite single, yeah. So your favourite boards, guys, or your magic boards in your quiver? I need to think about that a bit. I, I know T Bones, your sharp eye. Oh, you go first. One. Yeah, oh, it's it's a, you got something you got to think so about because diff- it, it changes over time, it doesn't does. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really um, does. I'll, I'll um I'll jump in there, and it's a board that I've never ridden. <laughs> the, the winning like, board, like most of our boards. Mm. I reckon the board, my favourite board, is the one that I'm having the most fun on at that time. And whether that's like a two foot day at the local, on a mid length or a fish or whatever, or you know, like my standard six foot three thruster at three koalas up the road. It all depends on the conditions, doesn't it? I think that we've all got to that point now where we're not just riding the same board in every 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 different different type of wave because we always do that, didn't we? So, yeah, very specific board specific for the condition for me. Yeah, good. It's a really good 
question, actually, but a really hard one to answer because of like what Namu said, conditions and and your change over time. Uh, but I would have to say probably one of if I look back and just forget about like the evolution of of you as a surfer and you know your favorite board when you're 25 is probably different to now but i'd say over time it would have to be one of my uh mark ogram single fins either my six i got a six five and a six eight that was based off a seven mid mid to late 70s accordingly uh that docky mcdermott owned me old mate docky and i got oggy oggy to make i think i got three of those six fives and three of those six eights made because every three to four or five years I'd be like, well, these singleies don't break, but I want a new one. <laughs> so I'd just get another one, a new one, and it went better. So I'd say six, five and six, eight single fins from uh, Oggy at Yahoo Surfboards. I've still got one of each, maybe two, and uh, I don't ride them as much now because I've got some bigger ones and a few different things, but I just have some really fond memories of – of those boards through my thirties of just being able to surf them in so many different um, types of waves, six five six eight singly. I had to narrow it down to two. It was hard. <laughs> had to be a singly. I've got two as well. Yeah, I've, good. I've I'm two. glad. For nostalgia reasons, I had this seven two Jim Banks that I just loved. Oh, I, I remember had, that one. I yeah, actually yeah. got a photo of it of um, six foot Mundaka in the background. But I wrote a seven two for. That was my one and only board in my quiver for one or two years. I only rode a seven two. That's how whether it was back then. No way. Whether it's one foot lefties yeah. or eight foot mandaka, I just loved this thing. Yeah, couldn't get off it, and uh, fuck knows where it ended up. But um, yeah, I love that board. I, I I can't even remember where I got it, but I had it. I was envious of that Banks board. It was so sick. Did it have glass in fins? Yeah, it had glass in fins. Yeah, yeah, that makes a difference. Purple ones, purple fins. Actually, I you got know, the photo. I think think we've had this convo, T Bone. But yeah. I had a seven two Banksy. Yeah, classic. That I bought off this guy in Cactus. Mm. I think, have I told this story? I, I'm sure I did. Um, no, you have told it. I told about the one about the yeah the guy in mushrooms who wanted to kill yeah, us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, that um, was one of your best stories. It was a fucking good yeah, one. But went on that about, same went night, about three I bought weeks. a seven two Banksy of this dude who had come from Nalu. This is like '96 at Cactus. Yeah, it was. It'd been snapped, but fixed mm. professionally, mm. like a big diamond shaped piece of cloth. And he had a sleeping bag and a 7-2 Banksy, this guy, and nothing else to his name. He didn't even have a car. <laughs> That's He'd pretty hitched, much what I had to mate, my name He back hitched in the day. into Cactus mm. and I bought this 7-2 Banksy off mm. him. He's like, I'm heading east for a new life. I had the feeling he'd maybe robbed a bank or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. There was something amiss. So he rolled in with a sleeping bag and a 7-2 Banksy and he walked out of Cactus the next day with a sleeping bag because I bought his Banksy off him. <laughs> <laughs> and, mate, the fucking thing was sick. Uh, but I ended up snapping it again and I remember having two halves of it up against one of those she-oak trees down in there in the bush and me and big Dr. Fruity um, throwing tomahawks at it, which we filmed and put in one of the lubrication movies. So that was the <laughs> end of that Banksy. But, yeah, it wasn't my favourite surfboard, but it was pretty fucking good. I, yeah. It was a special board. It really yeah. was. And I really identify with what you said. Mm. 
Mate, on that trip around Oz, I had one board. It's actually that black and red one over there, a 6'8", Dave Mannion custom shape from the Scarborough markets yeah, in yeah, like 94. Yeah. And that was my only board, glassed yeah. in, 6'8", fins. I rode it everywhere from one foot trigs to yeah. whatever the fuck I could surf. Like that was the era, wasn't it? Yeah. If so, I so. can throw in a comparison, just a second board, I had a 510, I still have got it now in my garage, an LSD. Uh, is it Luke okay. <laughs> LSD Luke, Luke Shaw, yeah, and five ten Renegade model. So, if people don't know what a Renegade model is, the bottom half is your contemporary sort of um, uh, squash tail thruster looking, and the, and the top half is more of a fish design. And it, I wrote it as a quad, and I love that board. It is the most driviest, fun board I've ever owned, and I've still got it in my garage. I don't ride it anymore. How big is it? Still got it, 510. 510, yeah. Yeah. You can feel the passion yeah, coming Beno's through the microphone. Benno's a legend, mate. Yeah. He's such a good bloke. Yeah, yeah I, I just said for everything condition. Yeah, I've been riding so many different boards. Yeah, I've, I've got quite a bit of stuff here. Um I want to get to you, T-Bone, and you, Adzi, of course, um, but I'm going to just stick on you, Namu, because you're, yeah, you, you're the man with a little bit more mystique, like Adzi, um, oh, you'll ask all those questions, yeah, for sure. Um, Adzi, uh, we know about well, I know about well. <laughs> I love having convos with him, and, and T-Bone's very smart, but you're a, a man of, a little bit of a man of mystery, and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so smart. <laughs> Hope that came across all right. Um, but it, one thing is, um, and again, your wife Mel, I had a good conversation with her today, said that you were growing up in North Beach and at the age, and you were set to go to Kareen High at 12, 13, or year seven, you're 12, 13. Yep. And then all of a sudden your mum and dad moved and Apparently, your dad put you in some few heavy waves and scared the crap out of you and bits and pieces. But they moved down to um, Safety Bay, um, yeah, yeah, and to look after Penguin Island. That's right. And that's right, when yeah. you started your love affair with um, <laughs> with T Bone. The never ending. That's love when he cracked the T Bone when you got Bro, down man. There, so. <laughs> cracked the T Bone. Yeah, um, is that right? And yeah, yeah. Can you so on that? I, we lived in, we actually lived in Dunkraig, um, or Crane, sorry, and I was about to go to Crane High School. Yeah. And literally the week before, um, we, we, my parents got the job on Penguin Island, managing the island there down in Safety Bay. And they said the week, like, I think it was like the Thursday before school was about to start and said, we're uh, moving down to Penguin Island. I went, oh, fucking awesome. Great. <laughs> I get to leave all my mate, mates and uh, probably never see them again because when you're 11, you kind of don't. Yeah, so we moved down the island literally two days later and uh, I was just going, fuck, what is going on here? And it turned out to be a fucking magic move because there's a, a little couple of little waves in the back of the island. I um, I dabbled in surfing a little bit because of my dad. I mean, he he was a bit of a madman in the 60s and one of the first guys to surf Marks and North Point and all the rest of it, which we probably mentioned before. But yeah, he dragged me out at North Point one time when I was nowhere fucking near ready. It was solid North Point and I was on a boogie board with no <laughs> leash. How old? Like nine. <laughs> and my two cousins, he dragged out my two cousins with me as well and they were on surf mats. So it's like, this is, this is you got to remember this is before North Point was North Point as it's known now. Yeah. Publicised. So there was probably only 10 guys out there, but there's me on my boogie board with no leash. Holy my shit. two cousins on surf mats just getting absolutely fucking flogged. 
your boys on his West Coast single fin just dominating at the <laughs> at the front peak and yeah so uh yeah we moved down to Penguin Island and uh I was fucking over it Move, uh, started school a new school somewhere from primary school year seven to the new school and uh yeah ended up having a ball because I could surf just about every day I just literally run over the back of the island which is probably 500 meters with my board after school and every weekend and just surf my head off so it was fucking sick and it's almost destiny because look what you form now with T-Bone. <laughs> Even though you said he was your, sec- your, your he was your second choice, which is a bit mean <laughs> for the podcast, Thanks, but um, it turned out to be a good draft pick. Yeah, he was and, a good um, draft pick. Yeah, and who knows I, what would happen with was tri- triple premiership player at the warm response. I've heard about that. Yeah. I've got. I'm going to ask you a few questions about that. I, I, t- I think I know you guys pretty well. I had a lot of time in my hands today <laughs> driving back to back and forth to Perth, and so I had great conversations um, with a couple of very nice ladies. I yeah, didn't so need to bring if, up Hadza's family because <laughs> I knew a lot about him anyway. But if you ever get to uh, the chance to live on an island with surf on the back of it, even if you don't – I've actually surf, surfed it. Even if the surf's not good. But, yeah, fucking jump in because it was fucking amazing, seriously. Well, that, that's it's so good. Yeah, that's so, it's really cool to hear because it's kind of unique. And um, I remember going over there and surfing there one time. One time we went over there um, and did some some form of fishing. I can't remember. I was pretty young. And we had to walk across. You could actually walk across. Yeah, yeah. And across then we the walked back. We all got completely drenched with everything because the tide had come up. Yep. Um, but, uh, At least you didn't drown like a lot there. of people do every year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. How many pe- do people drown? Or? Every year. Oh, shit. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Nuns. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I listened to that. I was telling Ads because I, I list, had a, I've had this barrel podcast feast and you know um, extravagant binge mate. today that uh, I just was listening to a lot of Adsy's comments and some of them were on the edge and extremely I'm, hilarious. I'm trying um, to be a bit more yeah. diligent with I, my editing well, these days. Well, your your number one fan, Mel, like your wife. She she's a very nice person. I met her at the Color Run at the primary school last year, and she's on the. PNC committee with my she wife is, as yeah. the president, Jasmine. Yep. And um Going, Jasmine. Yeah, she uh she was very uh complimentary of you and said you're a, a fantastic family guy. And um she had a lot of stuff to uh reiterate about your personality and ha- the things that you've overcome. Uh she did say that when you got down there to Safety Bay that you wore shorts and all the local kids at the school said you're not allowed to wear shorts, you've got to wear <laughs> jeans. I've always wondered why you're just wearing black jeans all the time. Yeah, like black jeans, mate. Yeah, yeah. Rock- Look at you both yeah, of you, yeah. like Safety yeah. Bay Bogans. Rockingham like High School, mate. Bogans. Black jeans. Yeah. Is the- I literally rocked yeah. up on the first day after being a Korean, Korean school student just wearing shorts all the time. And, yeah, I was the only person in the whole school with shorts on. <laughs> and I'm going, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Let's bash this Kareem boy. Yeah, let's, ba- <laughs> let's bash these Metro boy. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it was year nine that T-Bone arrived. It was year nine? End of year, end of year eight. End of year eight. Yeah. And I was going, oh, fucking hell. This guy doesn't serve. He's never served in his life, but he seems to be a bit more on my level. So we became friends pretty quickly. Mickey Plough. All right. Next question is from Pete. O'Connell, who's an absolute legend. Oh, Sorry, he's Pete, a Pete legend. O'Connor. Yeah, Pete. He's one of our OG yeah. listeners. Yes, Pete. Yeah, yeah, so Pete O'Connor's got two great questions here. The one was uh, about your favourite boards, which you guys have already come across. But the next one he wants to know is, what is the most special moment you've had surfing? Oh. Something that just blows you away surfing. Has there been a moment that uh, you'll never forget type thing? I'd say one of my most special slash pivotal moments in surfing was after my first knee recon 
which I did no f- – oh, fuck all rehab. Nothing like what I did now with Trev. I just didn't have the information or the wisdom or I don't know what was going on, but it was very early 2000s and had a knee recon as a 21-year-old and just fucking didn't bounce back from it very well. But, yeah, I decided to borrow a single fin off me old mate Docky in the Smith Valley, an old hippie who moved there in like 71 – Total hermit, no one would ever know him, but biggest legend in the world. And I thought I need to get back in the water. I'd been making surf movies and doing a lot of filming for all the lubrication movies because I was injured, but I was down here and loving surfing. So I got a heap of footage, but I'm like, I need to get back in the water. I've been swimming and doing all this stuff in the pool, doing all these exercises that I later found out were the wrong exercises when I, when I went to, I was sitting in the spa kicking my legs. Everyone's like, no, you don't do that. <laughs> like it's the worst thing you do. But anyway, uh, so I borrowed a single fin and went down a Smith's reef and I'm just going to take it easy and ease my way back into it. So I went down there at dawn. There was no one out and I was with one other mate and I, we paddled out and it ended up being like way bigger than I thought. And it was like solid, sort of four foot plus reef you know which you know four foot at the reef solid right and there's no one out and I was trying to take it easy and and I hadn't re- really ridden a single fin before I was doing it because I thought it was a good way to protect my knee because I'm like a thruster's all performance and all this sort of stuff so I thought if I ride a singly at small reef it's a nice little cruisy way to to get back into it and I was a pretty shit surfer like I'm not great now but I was definitely, you know, behind the eight ball as a 21-year-old in this day and age, I reckon. So I went out to the reef and uh, got one or two waves and then my mate went in and then I just fucking stroked into this thing. There was no one else out and he was on the beach and it was a real big one. It was one of them ones out the out the back of the reef and because I was on this 6'10 board and I was only like 21, 22 or whatever and I was all ribbon dick, you know. And uh, I just fucking paddled into this thing and got this chip shot in. And keep in mind, this is like my first surf in like 18 months after injury and then operation, trying to take an easy. And then I've just fucking backdoored this tube on this single fin. And I'd ne- up to that point in my life, I had never been so deep in the barrel. And I remember fucking being in the tube going holy fuck this thing is amazing and it spat and it spat all over me and then when the spit cleared I was still in the tube and then like after the spit had cleared and I was in the tube then I came out of the barrel and I was just like full double fist in the air fucking claiming it to no one Looked at my mate on the beach. He was just walking back up the beach. Didn't even see it. I was the only one in the water. No one else in the water. And I was just like, holy fuck. That was like, it was my first comeback surf. And I was trying to take it easy. So I went to Smith's because I thought it was small. I wrote a singly because I thought it'd make it less intense. And I hands down at that point was the best barrel of my life. It's still one of the best barrels of my life. And that's why... I started surfing single fins ever since then. That was the reason why. I just went, these things are fucking sick. And so I just stayed on singlies for the next 15 years. Wow. Yeah. So, well, There's a, a barreled surf podcast story in itself for sure. We're going to ask you what your best barrel was, but that's that sounds probably not the best barrel, but like, mate, it sounds like a, a pretty, you know, lifetime moment for you. 
<laughs> I think you answered it quite well. It's special moment surfing. So you definitely oh, you definitely cool. nailed it. Yeah, you did. Well done. Yeah. So that's from us. Yeah. So anyone else, boys? T Bone? <laughs> yeah. If I, I'll go back early days. Actually, the year after, Namu, myself, and a friend of ours, Bruce, we were 16 and we did a, we did a, a school trip to Bali. So we're talking late 80s. No, nah, after school. Oh, it was after school. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we did that trip to Bali. So back in the 80s, so late 80s. So I went back uh, maybe the year or the year after and I look back at that time and what it is now. I remember going out to Uluwatu and spending a lot of time there and just sitting on the cliff, actually legs dangling over the side, watching these waves just peel down the reef, the sun setting, the little cow bells are ringing in the corner. You're having a couple of um, uh, Coke bottle, papaya stem, little. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just one of the best, yeah, it was one of the best moments. It, it Being so young and so raw and innocent, but being in that, being in that, um, up, up on that cliff of Ulu's back in, you know, it wasn't even early days, but back in those late eighties was such a magical time. It's still pretty early to what it is now. I always remember that time, you know, those early little first overseas trips to Indonesia. Cause I remember I met these couple of guys, um, Richard and Corey from the Sunshine Coast and they sort of adopted me as the grommet. And um, they they took me back to um, their little place in Seminyak and uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably. I mean, <laughs> Come on, team. Keep going. going. <laughs> it I've, may or may not I've, have happened. I think I know where this one went. <laughs> but we, we was put, that with the police officer? Put it this way: we'll put a put Chappelle Corby to fucking shame. <laughs> <laughs> so every day, the safety officer, a master's is with little DT one hundred Yamahas out to Ulu's with a sack full of you know what, out to Ulu's surfing it every day, all day for a good couple of months, um, and and just to throw in the mix, I was actually yeah um, high tailing away from um, yeah uh, military. What no? What about that one where you were saying to me years and years ago, where you Military. were sitting around the table at someone's place in Bali, and one of the blokes went, "Yeah, I'm, I'm an undercover cop." Oh fuck! Yeah, well, that was pretty loose, but <laughs> <laughs> lucky, lucky, yeah, lucky he wasn't local. Yeah, no, that was pretty loose, but we got away from that. Tell one. us about that, mate. Mate, I actually cannot remember because I was that buckled. <laughs> but All just right. going back to that time, so shout out to Richard and Corey and, and they're both legends. And they actually, I was still actually riding really long boards and I remember that the the, uh, the surf advice um, Corey gave me was I was doing these backhand turns but not really bringing it around. So I was just doing a bit of a top turn flick. And I remember really focusing on really bringing my my, um, my my turns all around. And and they gave me a board. It was a 6'7 shaped by, um, oh, who's the little charger? Not Russell Berkey, Kirk Berkey, his old man. It's one of his boards. And it sort of helped me surf a lot better. I don't know if it was the uh, the local uh, whatever, but that was a memorable time, mate. Good couple of months. Yeah. And if you've so seen good. if you see T Bone's back backhand wax, he brings it right around. Don't you worry about I've, that. I've heard a bit about that and I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah. Um 
I'm surprised I haven't crossed you guys in the water more. But um, I don't surf, I've, mate. I've That's got why. more. So my back's sorry? fucked. Yeah, <laughs> <I don't laughs> surf, my back's yeah, fucked. Rehab, rehab case, <laughs> basket case, and like, I've got more questions for you, Namu. There's a really important one coming up. T Bone, you saucy bastard. You like stout, don't you? I love stout, and you love coffee. I love a good long mac. Well, why don't you fucking have a go at this one, cheeky monkey? Brewing's latest limited release, Long Mac Topped Up Pastry Stout, 8.5%. Have a have a taste. Let me get my lips around that thing. <laughs> Beautiful. Mate, it is really, really good. I had that one last night. so tasty. It's a really good beer. Long Mac Topped Up Pastry Stout, Cheeky Monkey, limited edition. Get it while it lasts. It's not going to last long. It's fucking awesome. You. That's delicious. Coming up to winter time in the southwest of Western Australia, what that means over here is fires, open fires. It means red wines. It means cuddling up with your lady friend or your male friend. Or your dog. Or your dog. <laughs> or your cat. <laughs> Wallaby kangaroo. Okay, okay, enough's enough. We need some red wine in this picture, surely. Forrester yeah. Estate, they're the best there is. I love cuddling up to a lifestyle range, Etsy. I think it's a good, it's a good honest... Red wine for a good, honest bloke and his missus by the fire. Or dog. Or dog. Yeah, Forrester Estate. Get on it. Get your lips around a Forrester Estate. I'll tell you what, coming into winter time, I am in need of a new wetsuit. Adzi. Mate, get on the Shark Eyes wetsuits. They are the world's first ever multi-purpose wetsuit with no compromised function across all water sports. Uh, mate, they've got decades of manufacturing experience and environmentally conscious premium materials have all gone into this. There's a lot of lot of research, a lot of hard work, and a lot of common sense gone into this sick wetsuit by Shark Eyes. Adzi, you've worn the, the actual wetsuit. In two words, sum it up for us, mate. Smooth balls. Oh, yeah. No rash. <laughs> so get yourself a Shark Eyes wetsuit. They're the best in the business, and you're supporting a local product. You. Hey, I'm John John Florence, and you're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast. Well, we're so talking about special, special moments. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go right, right back. So uh, I was saying before about my dad taking me out to North Point. Um, he always say, also used to encourage me to go out to the local break in the centre. I think it's apparently it's just like I've been there for a little couple of months, whatever, but a little bit, but apparently it's just blown out with backpackers and stuff. But my, my dream scenario when we used to drive down on a Friday night to spend the house, spend the weekend at the house in Gracetown was um, to get Huzzers on. And yeah, if, if Huzzers was on, I was, I was just fucking like frothing like a little maniac. Because it used to, you know, on the right tide and the right sort of wind and everything, it used to get some just magical little rides there. And I just remember coming in from a surf there really, really early days and going, wow. I can surf, you know, because you're right in the face and there's quite long rides and stuff. It's like a, a grommet's haven there. It's really. a grommet's I think we've everyone heaven. who surfed yeah, down here yeah. in some capacity, I, I had a, a moment like that when I was 13. Yeah, yeah. And, Obviously yeah, I've had I believe that. Yeah. incredible waves in the Indo and here and everything else. But just going back to the, the source of that pure initial stoke of surfing, I reckon that was it. That's unreal. Yeah, you can really feel the passion of you guys coming through the microphone. So it's cool. Um, I've... I want to. I've got a couple of uh, really important questions. Is it my turn, Mickey? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. Um, 
I know it was a standoff between Mickey and I on the mic and you said I was going to kill him because he kills me in the water. Um, do you reckon I'm up at the moment on the judge's count, hopefully? Well, <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to get Pratamo to <laughs> sort it out. Yeah. No, Mickey's got some extremely good comments. So, um, I've got a few more questions though and um, I'm going to direct one to T-Bone now because okay. uh, you were just talking about your special moment. Um, in Indo and it didn't involve tissues, which was great. Um, <laughs> so, and tissues? lotion. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, uh, <laughs> slow I've on the got uptake, a story so about that. Yeah. 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 But, um, so yeah, I heard you're a really good footy player in your time and you've already mentioned the Warmbra Swans. Yeah, the Swans. So I got that from your lovely wife, uh, Natalia okay. or okay. Natalie or Natalia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she was great. Had a good chat with her this afternoon, and um, she said you're a very sophisticated man <laughs> and a very, um, a very good family man. And I said, oh, geez, he tends to swear a lot in the podcast. Does he swear at home? She goes, never. <laughs> <laughs> I found it hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. So I hope I didn't dob you in. No, but um, good, she said you're, she said you're uh, extremely intelligent, and you've got your master's degree, and your mm. kids got to see that. I just wanted the listeners to hear this information. But my questions are that you – so you're a pretty good footy player in your time and Toddy T, oh, I spoke to him, the, the surfing legend. mafia legend. Yeah. Um, when he's on the – he's like, yeah, yeah, on the – Marlon Brando mm. <laughs> on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> uh, he's an absolute fucking legend. And, um, Weapon. And uh, he said you're a hell footy player and you and him played footy together back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, we did. And uh, he also said you got some pretty big kahunas – some ball bearings that are hanging low, um, in uh, and swinging and smacking into each other like like Newton's cradle, and um, and uh, I don't know where this stuff's coming from. Sorry, but um, but uh, at, in Kandui it was like a good. He, I think he said it was up to twelve to fifteen feet. And he or HTs. You, or HTs. HTs. Well, he, or he said out out the back of Kandui somewhere. Yeah. Um, and he said it was for a 40th maybe or it his was, 40th. And he was. said you were – he trip. said it was massive on the first day and it slowly yeah. got smaller and smaller. But he yeah. goes, you, your ball bearings were clanging together <laughs> and you were hell. paddling into them. So is that is that true for the listeners? Well, that's that's quite funny because um, when we rocked up, it was a lull between the sets and, and I just saw one guy out at a perfect right-hander and I just grabbed my, my shortboard and just paddled straight out. But as I was – it was actually at HT's. So there's not much room for boats to park up at HT's if you've ever done a, a, a boat trip yeah. at HT's. Yep. We had a primo location on the Huey. Shout out to Surly. So there was a big lull and I just was frothing with a right-hander, natural footer. And I just high-tailed it out and it was for a 40th. It was for – I was a bit of a ringing because a few of the boys um, pulled out late notice. So um, Toddy and the late, the late and great Boyd Burkhart and a few others um, had their 40th birthday. So I jumped out of the out of the boat and I was hightailing it across to the um, the takeoff zone. What I thought was a takeoff zone, and that the the one guy out there was sitting way way out the back, and I was going, "Fuck, what's he waiting for?" You know, it's like it doesn't look like the waves are not breaking out there. But as soon as I patted on the inside, the horizon started to really stack up and I could hear the boys on the boat 
and I just I could see these these sets just marching through, and I just started paddling for my life, and actually got rinsing all the way through the inside. So I actually paddled out not knowing it was actually quite big. I paddled out because I actually, <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought it was like a nice sort of like uncrowded six foot day at perfect HDs, but it ended up being pretty massive, and I got absolutely flushed all the way to the inside. Then I came back to the boat and just grabbed my big board and and went back out. Well, went yeah, back out, man, went back out, and I was man. trying to come on, boys, come on, let's fucking get out. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, I was gonna almost say that was one of my memorable moments before. Okay, but um, well, Toddy obviously remembered it. It was. Yeah. It was definitely one of the I'd best. One of the best surf sure. trips well, I've been on. That's for sure. Did you get some sick ones? Or yeah, yeah, I had. Yeah. A, yeah, had an epic. Yeah, epic very trip. memorable. Yeah. HTs is fucking So that kind of coincides with the best surf trip ever yeah. type thing or one of them maybe it, it comes pretty bloody close. It's in, it's in You'd the have category. to say cuz we'll we'll we were leaving Padang. We actually had a big party in Jakarta. Um we got <laughs> sh- shout out to Paul Hudson who was the we CEO of Quicksilver Asia uh, at the time. Jakarta at that time or <laughs> Best, you, you know, you know what surf trips are like. You have the big, yeah. the big first night, and then you, um, and then we got to Padang, and we did the crossing, and the, all the reports were saying it was going to be epic, like swell, the, the biggest swell of twenty years, and all this sort of shit, and um, that was the epic trip, and we just watched Sparta, um, one was it three hundred, three hundred, yeah, we watched three hundred on, on the crossing over. So th- like 10 blokes, fucking high octane, fucking on the bench angs, fucking 300, hoo-ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, look, he's, he's, I can see the ball bearings clanging. <laughs> well, the funny thing is after speaking to Toddy when I was driving, um, I got a text message from him later and uh, he said he couldn't reveal a lot of stuff. He just kept it pretty pretty um, smart and he got, I got a text message saying, it's called Spartan. He goes, mention Spartan or something Fuck like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there you yeah. go. The fact you remember that, you got well, the wrong song. Well, the yeah. boys were using Esky lids as shields. <laughs> 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 and we were wrapping aluminium foil around our heads as fucking helmets. This is Sparta. <laughs> 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 and then, oh, mate, we did some crazy oh, shit. Uh, yeah. I'm scared to be on. Oh, oh fucking hell, mate. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just a quick one, though. Just last one. Um, Boyd Burkhart, he had a size fucking 13 um, set of customs with him and we used to have um, a bit of a slap-off with the um, with, with thongs. So you'd have to lie on your back and uh, and Boyd used to give us the customs. So he basically slapped the fuck out of you with his size 13 customs. So that was a bit of initiation to... Uh, to <laughs> the, yeah, well, right. So you just reminded me that Toddy T, mm. again, the legend from the board store, uh, amongst all the other guys, he s- told me something about this backhanded, left-hand, backhand, slap, right-hand, oh, forward fuck. slap. Jesus, and yeah. um, and it kind of correlates with what your wife said, that you're just you know frothing out on jiu-jitsu all the time. She's a bit sick of you coming home complaining about all your injuries. Yeah, And I yeah. said, don't worry, just send – you to me and I'll listen to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> That's yeah, fine. I'm sympathetic yeah. to that stuff. But um, I know you love your jiu-jitsu and this sounded like a bit of a jiu-jitsu move. So what's this backhand, what? left-hand, backhand slap, right, forehand slap? Well, like, Toddy, yeah, if you, <laughs> Toddy can go up to people and just give them a good hard slap across the cheeks <laughs> and he did that to me once 
on the boat trip. So I gave him a full fucking wind up, gave him a forehand slap, and then I came back and did the backhand at the same time. So I went boom, boom. <laughs> and Toddy just fucking. That's pretty brave. He just fucking went, whoa. <laughs> and then he just fucking, you know, he just fucking, that was it. We were all good after that. <laughs> um, so that, uh, that's the forehand backhand, yeah. All I know is if you ever get on a boat trip with a bunch of blokes from Rockingham, <laughs> you best be fucking ready for some serious action, eh? They'll all be wearing jeans. <laughs> Black jeans. I've, I've got to put it back to Mickey. Benzie but, um, wasn't on that trip, was he? <laughs> yeah. I learned a lot about you two guys. I knew heaps about Adzi, but I learned heaps about, especially you, T-Bone, too, because I've, I've known Namu for a little while. But, mm. um, you know, I heard that you're like sophisticated family man, mellow <laughs> Just awesome husband to your wife, which made me a little bit um, it's probably sick yeah. in a way. <laughs> you're stretching the truth there, mate. But um, it sounded really good, mate. It sounded like you're an awesome no, I think man. he's that's a good family man. I don't know how sophisticated he is. Yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, know, I don't know where that's coming no, from. I like I, uh, that yeah. was, that I'm wearing a flannel. Like a bit right? of a paradox in my mind yeah. from, from the what I know about you're you. fucking but, Gary Cooper over here. But then also um, Toddy T said you were full white line fever on the footy field. Yep. And um, just nailed dudes, and centre uh, <laughs> half, centre half forward, centre half back, centre half back. Yeah. He said, yeah, "Yeah, sorry, centre half back," and like brave as, and that yeah. kind of coincided with your can't with the yeah. trip to the Mets, mate. I'll tell you what, I would not easy. want to have t- taken on the Warmer Swans at that era. <laughs> 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 they would be fucking lining you up from fifty meters away. We were amateur, fucking. but we were fucking. We took. I mean, pre-season was drinking Jim Beam and fucking Coke. You know, that was pre-season <laughs> training. Uh, your turn, Mick. So, yeah. All right. Our next question comes from Bali. <laughs> and the person is coming from Bali. And uh, the person that sends it's an absolute legend. His name is Stodgy. He's been spoke about on this podcast before. And I guarantee he's a lot more well-behaved than you, T-Bone, in Bali right now with his beautiful wife. Question is, uh, he's a massive fan of you guys. And uh, I know he's going to go to the live show, which unfortunately didn't go ahead. Was that something you guys could consider ever doing a live show in front of an audience? Well, yeah. that live show that we did try to line up, it was... Oh man, it was like we're all busy. We've all got families. We've all got full time jobs. We started organising to have it at Cheeky Monkey Brewery, and then they're like, "Okay, you guys need to tell us this because we need to get security and tables, and we're going to get a food vendor in, and this and that, and ticket." And we're just like, "Oh man, this is fucked." Just sounded sound too much like hard work. It was a lot of hard work, so we opted for the. A uh, very small live show in Internet the shed quarters experience. where we had a barbecue and Molly Picklum and Micro and Jacko Baker and had about 15 or 20 15, of our 20, yeah. loyal followers uh, come in here and we had a really cool night. Mm, we would yeah. love to do another light, night like that in all honesty and we're not counting out a live show. I think we were sort of we were sort of right there to do it. Um, everything was sort of in place. So I had a sound guy and I had um, – yeah, shout out to Huey. We bumped into him down the VIP Yep, platform. shout out to Huey and yep. Cheeky Monkey were on board and, um, yeah, it just came down to logistics in the end. We, I, I was going away the week before for four days and, yeah, it just seemed like a too big a mountain to climb at that point. It's not out of the question though. Not out of the question. I th- look, I think the other the other thing was the Swallians um, decided to do their show um, – on the Sunday, so that was going to affect it because everyone was obviously going to go to the Swellings event at the beer farm. So we thought, well, 
you know, are people going to go to two live shows in three days? Maybe, maybe not. Certainly, certainly some people would have. So we just thought, well, we'll just put it on ice for now. Yeah, I mean, it depends if the swelling is coming next year. If they didn't, we'd certainly consider it because you don't want to be saturating it, do you? So, yeah. And it also depends on who's and available the live for night it. in the shed is a good possibility. That was a oh, bloody good I night. I think we, we should definitely do that because that, that was epic. epic. Yeah, Just was a real, point. real grassroots sort of thing would be good. Yeah, I was here for that um, in the peanut gallery for the episode with Molly Picklum and, and Jack O'Bay here and that was unreal. And I, I hadn't really seen a podcast firsthand being put into action and it was a, it was a great experience. You know, those guys, um, they're awesome. We're, we're sort of friends with those guys still. We, you know, we saw Marco and Jacko and Molly down at the pro this year and they were all sort of, yeah, yeah, that was sick last year. And Marco especially was, you know, really friendly and what's going on you guys and stuff. And, yeah, so it's just another another opportunity to sort of make connections and, and friends and all the rest of it too. So, yeah, love to do it. Oh, Good questions. Unreal. Good questions. Trev? I, th- I think that personalises it and um, – that's what we're trying to do now, like with this idea and with Mick. Mick's a good person to do it with. He's got yeah, a lot of knowledge. Um, and a gentleman. Gentleman of the surf, He's really. A gentleman of everything. Jeez, yeah. It's your question, Trev. Your My turn. question, I'm, I want to come back to you. I've got a couple of good funky questions for you, Ads, cause I'm, and I'm looking forward to the answers. But, oh, yeah. but first of all, <laughs> back to you, Namu. To get a little bit more in depth, and it goes back to that ep- that session we had with the peanut gallery last year and we had a little bit of a party afterwards and I vaguely remember talking to you about a few things and you said I asked you how did you sort of get into this scenario of being a DJ and a and a media personality on you know on Triple M now and you've got your podcast that's got how many followers now is it 40,000 or something like that now and oh, um, I, up yeah, to that. I, I think you said you had 20,000 downloads in in Yeah, February. we had 20,000 downloads in January which was um our best month obviously but just going you know back to that first thought of doing it in, in the gym in 2019 to think that 20,000 plays of our podcast um in a month, it just blows my mind. It really oh, does. It's congr- I want to say congratulations, and like I want to say you're the number one podcaster in the southwest. <laughs> 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 and a specialist and a man in his own right, because I know it's your idea. And you mentioned to me that you had a scenario, if you don't mind talking about it, where you had a, a public speaking thing that kind of um, impacted on you, and you sort of shied away from being in a social. Um, sort of public speaking role, if you want to say that, and, yeah. and you've really strived hard. And I don't know if the the listeners and the and most of people that know you know this that you worked hard on this and and look where you are now. And it's and it just goes to show that you've kind of battled it and you've succeeded. Is that is that yeah. something you're happy to chat about? Yeah, no, I am um, 100% happy to talk about it. I've I've always sort of battled various mental health issues. Um, I'm right now I'm on anxiety medication because I, I struggle a bit sometimes, especially in social situations. I don't don't necessarily feel it as a um, easy sort of thing to do to be around people. But um, yeah, I've been on this on this medication for a little while, and um, yeah, going back to that uh, public speaking thing, I I was always fucking shocking at it. Just I don't want to speak in front of people. Like, six, seven years ago, I wouldn't be speaking in front of you guys in, in just this situation with no recording going on. But I, I, I 
had this situation where I was in front of a, like a seminar and the opportunity came to have a bit of a chat and um, I went, oh, fuck, I've got to break this. And I went, yeah, no worries and put my hand up and got up there and, and spoke and just froze in front of about 200 people and yeah, just looked like a fucking idiot basically. <laughs> and, and I went, all right, that's it. That's fucking it. <laughs> I I am going to fucking overcome this. And I shortly after I became I, – I put my hand up to be the president of the Dunsborough Ducks Footy Club, knowing that there was a, a fair amount of public speaking involved and um, sort of got my head around that and would address the teams at the end of the matches and stuff like that. And then I became the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce and had to – address people at the meetings and, and the sundowners and stuff and just gradually got more comfortable with it and then I sort of got to the point where I was just actually seeking out public speaking engagements. So, Well done, mate. I, you got me on the radio. I think I only spoke like <laughs> five words but um, when we're down at the pro, that I think that Friday morning, you've got that segment that you do every morning. Yeah, um, Thursday mornings on Triple M. Angie, is it? Or Angela? Yeah, Angie for breakfast. And, yeah. yeah, and um, I mean, I felt the nerves of that, but it's fine. And you, you just look like you, you're meant to be there. So, well, yeah, um, it yeah. Ju- I guess it, you know, just shows that if you do want to sort of strive to overcome those things, you kind of can. Because, I mean, I, I was fucking shit house. So fucking terrible at speaking to people. Just speaking to people in general, you know. Well, speak to my mates, obviously, you know, you boys. But at that time, put me in front of a bunch of strangers and I was just not into it at all. Well, listening to the some of the episodes today, I listened to the one with Stomper and that was unreal. Like his all his stories of him growing up, I didn't know his whole history and he's a bit of an icon down here and and a huge um, influence on, on surfers in, in Western Australia. And I spoke to him at the pro a few times, and we and he was sort of helping out from a coaching perspective with Bronte with her injury, and was and, and you know, Dave Mack was there, and and it felt good. Like there was like there was a physio input, there was a coaching input, there was the athlete, there was the athlete support, and it felt like proper sort of sports sort of model that was there. Um, and I listening to that episode with him, I thought you do an excellent job, and blowing sunshine up your ass but um <laughs> i think it's deserved and i think the listeners everyone needs a bleached asshole mate <laughs> Rinse the right. and um Sun bleached. <laughs> so yeah congratulations and you know, i think that's interesting for the listeners to hear is there anything else about that because i think doing no, stuff I, I think i think that's pretty much it it's just that i was oh my whole life i'd just been like super anxious in that sort of situation and um you know going to parties or going to pubs and clubs and stuff it just wasn't comfortable and um i just felt like i needed to turn it around so i knew there was certain steps that i could do to do that uh certain steps that i could take and i had a couple of people sort of put me point in the right direction in terms of that and yeah just went that that way well i know it's mixed turn next but to lighten it up from after that serious personal side of you like your wife said there was an incident with the famous bob hawk Oh, jeez. One of your many jobs that you've had. Fucking Do you guys hell. know this story? No. I think oh, yeah, T-Bone might yeah. know this one. I did a little bit a little bit of stint after school in um, doing sound recording for television because my cousins were involved in TV and I did this little thing where we followed Bob Hawke around Vic Park Shopping Centre for, I think it was for SBS News maybe. At the end, at the end of the, they called it a walk around or something like that and at the end they 
they do what it's called a stand up where Bob Hawk stands in front of the shopping centre and all the And skulls and a bunch of piss. Yeah, skulls. Skulls would be yard glass. And um yeah, it was like all the media there and uh for some reason SBS could only get me the bigger microphones, what was called an eight one six instead of the shorter one, a four one six. You know those big Boom. like big tube Boom big tubes. Yeah. So I had the bigger microphone, the 816, which is almost twice the length of the smaller one. And I was right in front of Bob Hawke because I jostled into position. It's like the cameraman <laughs> goes, Jocelyn, Jocelyn, Jocelyn. And, and Bob Hawke was talking. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and someone, someone nudged me from behind and I just went, <laughs> right in the middle of Bob Hawke's forehead <laughs> with his big microphone uh, <laughs> just fucking square smacked him and uh, he goes just for those who don't know it's a Prime Minister of Australia at the time yeah it's the equivalent of just smacking the US President in the head with a microphone yeah yeah <laughs> so I fucking square smashed Bob Hawke in the head and he goes oh cheeky bugger <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky monkey. And that was the last time I worked in television. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, that's a fucking good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Well done, Trev. Well done. Digging yeah, that one thanks, up. Mel. She's she's uh, digging up a couple of beauties there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, cheeky bugger. Cheeky bugger. <laughs> let me, me scull a yard glass. <laughs> That's epic. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, yeah. All right, one. Mickey, what have you got for t All right, yeah, so our next question, guys, is from Perrin Watson, uh, who asks, she's actually got two great questions here. Her first one is, obviously you've had awesome – and that's a full credit to you guys, the the guests you guys have had on this program. Trev just mentioned Mike McAuliffe mm. and these kind of guys you've had on. It's just been incredible. Um, she asked, has there ever been a guest or episode you decided not to release? <laughs> and if so, why did you not release it? Yeah, so that's a good question there. Ooh. Ooh, this is, yeah, This that's a, um, without giving too much away, that's uh, kind of a difficult one to answer, but I know that Adzi's got a couple of thoughts on this. What do you, what do you reckon, oh, Adzi? Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I can go, but... No, well, yeah, it's probably my doing. Um, yeah, we do have an episode <laughs> that was released. Let's just not give any names away. Okay, for yep. about an hour or so. And then the people involved in the episode was like, mate, like it was a really cool conversation and it, the couple of people that listened to it early, we had a few people say that's the best episode you've ever done because it was I, I actually released it um, on like the Thursday night because I generally release uh, after work on a Thursday. So it was probably eight or nine o'clock on a Thursday night. Go on, Azzy. And we had a couple of people say that's the best episode you've ever done because it was so raw and real. But at the end of the day... We just got too boozed and the conversation was uh, – mate, there was nothing wrong with the conversation. No bad words It was, words it was, was super, said. super honest but yeah, it was, maybe it was, the booze brought out a bit too much honesty. It was just um, – yeah, and, and nothing bad got said, nothing negative got said but we just really got caught up in the moment and probably took about two hours to say what we could have said in 30 minutes. Uh, so we decided to, to pull it down because – uh, me, myself, I'm like, 
I just don't care. I just don't give a fuck what people think of me. I'm a lowly plumber who surfs, and if they think I'm a pisshead, then I just I just don't give a shit, really, in all honesty, what anyone thinks of me except my family, you know, like, uh, and, and you know. And us. Yeah, but us. I understand that these guys uh, ha- have some professionalism about their careers and, and whatnot. So we didn't release it. We are going to re-record some of it. Uh, but, yeah, that's the only one that's really happened. And, and like I said, there was actually some really good content in there, like just really deep, honest, real, raw conversations that were fucking amazing and insightful and passionate. But we were slurring our words so heavily <laughs> that we, we just like, okay. Then we took it a little far. Uh, the first three hours of it was really good and is still available. Uh, and the second three hours is going to get re-recorded and coming to a theatre near you soon. Generally, it's it, there's a lot of editing, but we're not really trying to chop things out because you don't you don't want to edit content because all the whole point of our podcast is it's just honest real conversations and most of it's just positive surf talk we actually don't need to chop stuff out but we did get a little too boozed mate i've had a couple of times where i thought we were too boozed like the cats and kilo episode i was like fuck i was like just put it out and see what happens and i thought people were gonna just slanderous for being like there was times when all three of us were just talking <laughs> it was nah, midnight nah, 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 nah. and Philbo was just smashing cans in the background like, <laughs> and, and then people were like that's the best episode you've ever done including including Vaughn Deadly so yeah, it's his favourite episode exactly including Vaughn yeah. Deadly so, so it's a fine yeah, line yeah. between really opening up and getting stuck in and then it's very easy to cross that line and go to a point where most people who are listening are stone cold sober like Trev today driving to Perth and back, listening to three blokes who have just had 10 double IPAs. <laughs> like it's, it's difficult. I have to say the um, the episode was stomper and all the, the chicken herb stuff. I was just <laughs> cracking up the whole way. It was hilarious. <laughs> He's got some awesome stories. Cause like, I, wouldn't have, I didn't know any about any of that stuff. I know Mickey knows Stomper really well, and your name featured in that episode a lot. He never would have and mentioned Chicken I've only Herbs met Stomper the last two or three years. I always remember his name. I remember him being quite prominent in the, in the surfing, yeah, w- yeah, surfing competitive world. But it's great to get to know him, even at a at his um, you know, sort of coaching twilight years. Now that he's keep. Oh, he's still pretty solid. But um, you know, we need to know that history, and you guys have provided a history of West Australian surfing and and culture and. And characters, so that's unreal. Yeah, yeah so I reckon that's so much fun doing much, it. Hey? Um, it's a privilege to do it. And oh, an honor fucking, and it's so absolutely. much fucking fun doing it. I mean, I know, I know that the three of us are just, we're all just massive surf fans, and yeah. being able to sit down with Mike Stump and McAuliffe or Wayne Jaggard or you know Josh Palmatier, Josh Palmatier, or or, Easter, Richie yeah. Myers, mate. The list goes on. Paul and, Patterson, and Jake a Patterson, huge list in front of us too. You know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. It it really like as he says it really is such a privilege and um, but just getting back to pulling episodes and stuff we we've always got to keep in mind as well that it can be a fine line in terms of um you know rag on the WSL or whatever and and tell stories about certain servers and whatever else it might be but you've got to keep in mind that they've potentially got sponsorships and 
family situations and everything else. So we've got to be very mindful of, of that. So what we're here to do is just to tell the stories of, of surfing but not create any dramas for anyone, not, not throw shade or anything like that. So we try to keep it pretty positive. Yeah, awesome, guys. And Perrin, yeah, well done, guys. That's an awesome answer. And another question Perrin had uh, is, what's the most surreal moment you've had because of this podcast? And Perrin's saying, I'm talking proper, how did this happen and how did we end up here? Moments that really had you tripping about your position in this beautiful culture. So as well, I would say probably ain't that sort of live about two weeks ago when I blatantly did not want to get up and talk because I was really – I had this pizza from a local cafe <laughs> and had the weirdest looking fucking mushrooms on it. <laughs> and I'd been drinking and having – my back was sore. I'd had a bunch of medicinal vapes. And then next minute <laughs> I was standing there in front of 300 people in a theatre talking live on Ate That Swell because of Barreled Surf Podcasts. And I have actually no idea what I was even fucking saying at the time. And halfway through saying it, (laughs) and then halfway through saying it, I'm like, had that overwhelming feeling of like, how the fuck did I end up here? So, yeah, that was pretty surreal. (laughs) And then I listened to it. I think I listened to it a couple of days ago, actually. I'm like, oh, you guys talking about Jedi Knights and Jack (laughs) Robinson. (laughs) I thought the Margie's um, episode that you did just – the last episode that was unreal and you know you and i talked about that a bit today with the was, what was good about that episode without being rude is um that was kind of like a shortened sort of episode and it was like okay bang you bang that out in about an hour and it was like went from one surfer to another and you could really hear all the different dynamics of each surfer and and but one thing that didn't change was your patriotism to Australian <laughs> surfers, which mate, you should just keep brandishing that because it's oh, unreal. I'm not going to change. And that conversation you had with Nate Florence, that yeah, was, was wicked, mate. Good. Yeah, how was his insight? That was an awesome insight. Nate Florence was was the highlight of our day, wasn't it? Yeah, T Bone yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what T Bone's most sort of surreal moment is. Oh, I don't know about surreal. Or just when you went, wow, it's all too real for T Bone. Oh mate, well goat didn't get out of his car. That was that was the uh, surreal moment. Well, because that's funny because I'd say one of my other surreal moments was last year. I oh, know. Having a really good chat to Kelly Slater. You were living my surreal moment. I was. I lived <laughs> your surreal moment too. And funnily enough, I'd had that same pizza before I did that interview with Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say in terms of surreal moments, pretty much from almost the very start of us starting this podcast – um, you know, getting to meet some of your heroes like when you're a Grom, um, you know, as he knows everyone, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily part of that scene and just have a, you know, like an interview with so many different people initially, like from the start, you know, sitting down at Yahoo and having a chat with Hilsey was fucking epic and one of my fanboy moments, everyone knows, was when we had a, a big blowout here with Laurie Tanner a couple of years ago. That was oh, that sick. was unreal. I listened to that one. Oh, I mean, I was, I was such a Laurie yeah. Tanner fan. I yeah. just loved his surfing, the way he went about it, and he just to be able to sit down, charges, and he, sit down and have a beer with him and have a chat was fucking epic. Have him in the shed. Yeah, it was yeah, nice. yeah. And then having, you know, Marco and Molly and Jacko Baker in the shed was – I was just going, fuck, this yeah, is that was this huge. is, this that is was incredible. Huge, yeah. Do you guys still get a bit starstruck? Oh, 100%. Of course. 100%. Got John John Florence to sign my barreled surf podcast t-shirt up there and hung it up. And And then last week, um, 
at the pro and Adzi and I were down on the platform right where they're doing the post-heat interviews. Um, you know, we got Star Scalebraith doing the WSL feed and we've got yeah, Binzi doing actually. the um, yeah, yeah. the the beach interviews and we're right on the platform in front of everybody, you know, 3,000 people. Um, with the media pass. Yeah, interviewing and all Straight I could come after. up with was Trevor's so horny for your quads, <laughs> Callum Robson. <laughs> what was he, what is your mum going, feed you? All the food in the in the VIP <laughs> area. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we're no, we're, we're down there in front of the surf the surf world, interviewing Jal Shanker straight after he won his heat, and interviewing Callum Robson. And yeah, it, that was unbelievably surreal. Just just being given that access, you know, at a pro event because we all grew up watching pro surfing and watching the pros get interviewed on TV and stuff and being able to do that in that environment was was pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Pretty crazy. And the other surreal moment that I'm sure all three of us have had is almost once a week now someone will come up and say, hey, man, I loved such and such episode. Mate, we don't make any money out of this and I'm pretty sure we're never going to. But <laughs> we get free goodies from down south physio and forester and cheeky and athletic screens and we get mate it doesn't matter we do it anyway because yeah, we have so matter. much fun yeah. but the surreal moment is that once a week someone will come up and say man i really fucking enjoyed such and such and that is the that is all the payment that you could ask for the fact that people are fucking really liking it mate that's sort of surreal as well I, yeah i mean we'd be doing this even if nobody was listening wouldn't we because it's yeah. Fucking good fun. Friday night, share quarters, you yeah. beauty. It's such a good situation. My receptionist, my pr- Nicky, um, office manager. scribbling notes. He's making me nervous. He's hard. <laughs> my office manager said there's been a few people ring up and say, and they've booked into the practice because they've heard the Barrel Surf podcast episode. And so thank you guys for that because I've been trying to cement myself in the surfing industry as a physio for There's a while. Absolutely and, no and doubt about it. If you're a surfer with you in guys, the southwest yeah. and you have oh. a surfing related injury, down south physio is where it's at, mate. Trev well, is a fucking legitimized <laughs> surfing physio. You are, man. Well, it's, and that's it's nothing really to do with us, mate. That's to the work you do. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But no, but this is like a part of it. Like I've never been part of a podcast before and um so I feel Stoked to know you guys, <laughs> but I feel like I'm getting to know you guys even better now. And um, I want to ask: Is it my turn? Yeah, it's you? your I, turn, Trev. I want to ask. Um, I've got a couple of hell questions for ads. You keep saying that. I know. I'm You're building up to me. it. I'm, I'm building up to I'm it. But um, check out before this happens. I no, no, you that. can't. Go, well, you not. You can't that's, go anywhere anyway. Let, let me know. Let me know, and that's when I'll check out because I'll go then because I know that ads will be going. It's going to go forever. Yeah. Did you notice? By the way, Trev, I'm going to buy Burger Tron. Sorry. Mate, did you notice that they made you and me share a mic tonight? I know. And I'm like, why? And those are stolen me. Yeah, yeah, no shit. And I'm like, why did you get, Why did you make the two guys who talk the most share a mic? And they're like, they're like that's why we I made know. you share a mic. It's pretty Because so, we'd be here an whole night if we had owned one. But now you've stolen Mickey's, we've got our own one. We're it's on. okay. I'm going to drink more beers and talk more. <laughs> um, but I want to ask um, T-Bone again. Oh, we're back yeah. to T-Bone. Okay. Um, on a bit of an educational thing. Because you asked some really mm. good questions the night I was here. Intelligent questions. He's got a master's degree. Did well, you know that's that? what I bring up because mm. one thing your your lovely wife I, I spoke to, Natalia, 
that's how you pronounce it? Probably. Yep. Yeah. Natalie, yeah. Natalie. Um, sorry. <laughs> that's the Aussie she way. She said you're out, out the back doing paving and you'd been talking about it for ages or something, but you were finally doing I'm it. I'm a gunner. I'm a gunner. You were a gunner. Well, I'm a gunner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another gunner. Um, but she said a, a pivotal moment was that you got your master's degree uh, recently in OH&S yeah. and that your daughters were there yeah. and that you said, hey, look, um, I've done this a bit late in life. Um but it's better late than never. True. And you were stoked to have them there to see how you represented and you're a role model. Oh, yeah, yeah. well. But congratulations thanks, on that. Thanks, mate. If you want thanks, to elaborate mate. on that. No, I guess um, when I – like I, I didn't even finish school. I just wanted to go surf, so I pretty much took off and went travelling and did that for – 20 plus years. <laughs> yeah, <what a> <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on that too, yeah, mate. Like, fucking legend, T-Bone. And I want, and and I I want like to nominate <laughs> T-Bone for a Steve yeah, Irwin. That's a Steve Irwin right, right there. Yeah, yeah, and I, I want my, I want my girl, girls to enjoy life, but but I guess the message was it's, it's never too late um, and I think education is really important and I think we've, we've all got stories in life where, fuck, I wish I knew that when I was 18, 19, 20, but hey, you, you just, you don't, you don't know at the time. So just a little message to the girls, you know, um, education is important. Uh, learning just, l- life is a, is a, is a learning experience. So don't give up and uh, doesn't matter how old you are, you can, uh, yeah, still achieve things. And you're never too old to uh, try anything new. Yeah, T-Bone. That's yeah. I, I I'm I'm you know we've known each other a long time. I'm so proud of you for doing the masters. So um, yeah, sincerely it is from me. Um, yeah. I just want to ask about your your commitment to the uh, to the armed services. Yeah. yeah, there is a there is a question. Uh, there is a there is a late question that's come in tonight, Timo. Obviously, you love the water. Have you have you ever been involved with the navy? And if so, have you, have you ever gone AWOL from the service? No, I don't think about it. All right, okay. Well, so when I was, I think I was Timo, are you sunburnt? Did you get some sun today? You look a little red there, mate. Uh, no, he's gone home early tonight, eh? Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, he actually just sent a message. We've got a <laughs> we've got a WhatsApp group message, which is obviously me, Namu, and T Bone, and then we've also got Barreled with Mick, which is the same thing but with Mick. He just sent Barreled Surf Podcast WhatsApp group message. Sorry, love, we're still going. I'll pick I'll pick up Burgertron on the way home, and then the next message was, "Oh shit, wrong group." <laughs> you see, four mid strengths. This is what's happened to him. I've got my uh, eight year old sending me messages after messages, going, "Where's my Burgertron? Where's my Burgertron? It's fucking coming." At about nine o'clock. Oh, I've been there. I've been it there shuts at nine, there. so Classic. long as I get there. No, cut a long story short, Mick. Um, it wasn't. Yes, what, what happened in the Navy, team? I don't want to know. Okay. What didn't happen in the Navy, Mick? Adzi, you'll love this story, right? Um, cut a long story short. Um, you haven't started it yet. Never cut a long story short. All right, I'll be. I think I was about 17, 18. I think that's when I when I signed up and I and I went and done the recruit school, you know, jump the wall, do the push-ups and all that sort of thing. You know, get the haircut and all the rest of it, and uh, I mean, I, I quite like that. You know, it was it was a bit of fun. Um, and then I got posted on a ship, and then we did a four month deployment 
to the Philippines, to Hong Kong, Singapore, um, yeah, all over Southeast Asia. And the defining moment was when we were cruising through the Lombok Strait and I thought to myself, fuck, I'm getting off this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going... Could you uh, see waves from the boat? Is that what it was? I could see Desert Point just peeling off in no, the background. You could? No, but oh, but we can in add your that. mind. In, in my mind, yeah. Okay. Because I've already done that inaugural trip with Namu earlier when we were all 16, 17. And I, I, I was keen to um um you know to keep traveling and make a few dollars. But anyway. Sailing back, I went through the Lombok Strait and I'm just seeing the Indo fishing boats and seeing Indo and we get back to Garden Island and I think, Namu, did you take me to the airport? No, you rang me up. (laughs) You went, hey, Namu, can you take me to the airport? I went, yeah, why? He said, oh, I'm fucking jumping off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going. I went, oh, okay. All right, so... So I think it is you mean you're going AWOL? He goes, yeah, I'm going AWOL. <laughs> well, well. So I went. He came into my house. I picked. I took him to the airport, and off he went. No, because it's funny because when we went through Lombok Strait, because it's all about how much information you know. Like I didn't know top secret information. I knew sort of maybe low level confidential. So I wasn't like a CIA agent. I, I wasn't going to spill my beans to the. To you know, different governments overseas about our secret uh, right, so naval there's waves there. This waves there. This waves there. <laughs> <laughs> but no but I didn't even tell my parents. Right, like I didn't tell anyone apart from Namu, and I, I just bought a one way ticket back to India onto the onto um, UK. So um, anyway, Namu drops me off. Oh, no, who? I don't even know who dropped me off. Yeah, I dropped you off. Oh, you did drop me off. Yeah. yeah. And I flew, and that's when I was telling you about how I met these two guys, Corey and Richard, who sort of adopted me in um, surfing uh, a little beachy in uh, Legging somewhere. And when they dragged me to Ulu's every day with a bag of, um, how's your father? And, <laughs> and um, Chicken herbs. Chicken herbs. I am Goreng, I believe they call it. <laughs> Better I am Goreng. But I, I kind of remember when I actually told my folks where I was. I think it was a good – must have been a good month. Yeah, because no, keep in mind, no, your, your how mom, long was it? Your mum rang me up like three days later and oh. said, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew. She was like that full like your, when your mum is like strict, she goes, where's Tyron? <laughs> Sorry, we've got a bad line here, Pat. I gotta go. Yeah, so yeah, Mate, I, I that's so iconic, T Bone. I'm looking at this poster, huge poster of uh, the the history of Wayne Lynch, uncharted waters, yeah, disappearing and never coming back. Uh, that was mate, my... that was that was what Wayne Lynch did. He he evaded i mean to a different degree but the similar sort invaded of the thing. vietnam war the vietnam war yeah. and and a lot of people like uh vaughn's dad uh did yeah. the same thing on that podcast we just released yeah vaughn's dad bailed to jay bay and just hid in the sand dunes yeah. there going surfing wayne lynch thought fuck i'll just go to the all the southwest big guns of vico 
No Vaughan, one would find me Vaughan there. His dad. And they didn't. Wayne like, Lynch and T-Bone. Yeah. I could exactly. say that I fell into Many that others. sort of uh, genre. You yeah, know, I know, genre. man. It's fucking cool. Like Wayne Lynch just went, oh, <laughs> I, I don't even need to leave the state. If I just go to the wilds of southwest Vico. T-Bone's so paranoid he went to the fucking UK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Lynch just... Drove about 150k south and just got tubed off his nut around the Great Australian Bite. No one ever. T Bone went to Cornwall. Yeah, T Bone went to Cornwall. It's a new key, actually. Yeah. yeah. You ended up back in Indo, though, because that leads to another question. Mm. You ended up meeting your wife in Bali. Many years ago. Many years later, yeah. Many years later. In a nightclub with. (laughs) Once you came out of um, isolation. um, And it was in it. Was it Double Six or something like that? Uh, It was a nightclub next to it. Got it, got it. I yeah. just came back from a boat trip with no, with alfoil on your head and fucking <laughs> eskies lids. Four <laughs> Big thong slap marks on your ass from Boydie's 13, <laughs> 13 inch size foot and exactly. you rolled on in and Natalie thought, oh, this guy and looks okay. Let's not forget yeah. your ball bearings were pretty full. Yeah, yeah. Your ball bearings oh, were like, just yeah, swinging yeah. and yeah. clanking and clacking <laughs> like a fucking railway train in the 1800s. Just all metal on metal. Ding, 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 ding. Fucking sparks, let me tell like you. Like a railway's hammers, fiddlers, <laughs> splitting wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to do it. Oh, as he just did his version of a mic drop there. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's uh, done his job. Yeah. No, yeah, no, tell us a bit about that. That was, yeah, uh, uh, that was a post-surf trip. And I, I actually wasn't even going to go out that night because I, uh, I had a case of the Bali Bali. Ooh. And then I got a, um, uh, a message from uh, Jimmy Long. Shout out to Jamie Emerson. Jimmy Long? Yeah. So he rocked up with a bottle of, um, pretty sure he rocked up, but rocked up with a bottle of uh, Smirnoff vodka. Ooh. So we necked, <laughs> I can't remember if we necked the whole bottle or half of it. And then we jumped on a couple of bikes and teed up with Toddy Taylor again. And then we hightailed to this nightclub and um, it was about two in the morning, I think. Yeah, and the rest is history. She, I think um, your your wife said Natalie said you met on the dance floor, and she we, said you're a shit house dancer. <laughs> true, <laughs> but, but it was love at first sight. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. and so, and I actually you must not have had Bali Belly too heavily. No, no, right. no. Yeah, yeah. Bit of vodka cleaned that up pretty quick, mate. I bought her a couple of um, uh, double Bacardis, and um, she actually dropped. Dropped him at the bar. Could put, didn't even put uh, a sip to her mouth and just dropped the whole glass. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, but as he's right, I, I, I was covered in custom scars. I, I, I had an esky still implanted it up my ass, and uh, was still still singing um, Spartan um, anthems. Um. <laughs> was it after that fortieth? Yeah, uh, it wasn't, but yeah, it might as well oh, should have no. been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was another trip. How old were you at that time? You reckon? Uh, well, we've been together 14 years, so, oh, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Mention that. Yeah, yeah. Now you've turned it into the sophisticated family man, <laughs> the, white, the white line fever and ball slanging. <laughs> uh, sophisticated this is, this is in gentleman. The past, but occasionally it might pop up, who knows? Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you got, Mickey? All right, I've got a question here from Dave Boykett, and Dave is an absolute legend. Happy birthday for yesterday, Dave. Yeah, Dave. I know Dave from school days and from down south physio. I've known him for a long time. He's a legend. So Dave turned 49 yesterday, so happy birthday, Dave. And he's got a well, two-phased question. Uh, what is the... He's got two questions. What, 
what is the worst surf injury you guys have ever had? And the other one, and uh, he talks about um, turning 49 and uh, talks about recovery. So it's a little bit of a question here for you, Trev, probably. He's actually asking, um, with recovery, the benefits of sauna and ice bathing. But So for first of the guys, um, the worst injury you've had from surfing? I've, uh, decent skeg, skeg bite, for sure. In the in the back of the knee, it was a it was a ripper. It was probably yeah four or five inches long by about an inch, couple inches deep, white pus coming out. Um, my own fin, yeah, yeah, it was a yeah pretty. How gnarly. long ago? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, long time ago, mate. Yeah, because yeah. mate, how, yeah. how long was the recovery for you? Fuck, jeez, um, I can't remember. It was a long time ago. I was a bruised up. It festered. It was in. It was in Indo. Yeah, oh, dodgy um, Indo. It was a very long. It actually probably took way too long to actually get it stitched up. Yeah, but um, yeah. and there was half a bag of chicken herbs <laughs> yeah. into the wound. Yeah. Quickly, Trev. Oh, yeah, okay. I actually had a better <laughs> surf injury. Oh, See oh. if you can top this one, big fella. Okay. Hold we'll on, just before it. you go on. <laughs> but, uh, T-Bone, did, you got it stitched up next one. in yeah. in Indo. Yeah, like, yeah. What, yeah. A day later or three days later? I think it was about fucking twelve hours later. As he, okay, twelve yeah, hours. Yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was it was dodgy. It was dodgy. It ended festering. Surely. Yeah, yeah, mate. It, it it put me. Yeah, I, I was out of the water for for fucking good four weeks because it was festering up. I yeah, actually had yeah. to go home. Yeah, you had to because it was just ended going red, 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 raw. Ended your trip. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you reckon you got a worse one? I do actually. Oh, go on then. Just no a, time like the present. Just a quick one. I am no toe surfer by any means, but the only time I've been toe surfing, <laughs> I got towed in um, on a bumpy old fucking day out of. Oh, by Bummy, he just hunted that. I thing was holding for years. the rope and boom, 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 and all that stress on my back and my chicken legs and. Boy, boy, like a rooster, a Callum Robson rooster compared to me. <laughs> oh, mate. Look at these things. Yeah, they're pretty skinny. Boyd Berg. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Trev. <laughs> hey, just quickly because I know we've got other, other stories to talk about. No. Boyd Burkhart took me to Margaret River Hospital. The thong that, slapper. Yeah. <laughs> I was in that much pain. I got to the hospital. I'm literally lying on the floor at Margaret River Hospital. I am, I've never been in so much pain in my life. A lot of nerve damage, and and this German nurse says to me, oh, "Would right. you like a suppository?" Your back exercises, then. <laughs> hey, oh, just a quick, quick cat cow, quick inchworm. <laughs> What's she say, Timo? Would you like a suppository? <laughs> and I said, I actually said, those Germans make the best pornos. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I was laying on my back and I was like rolling on Margaret River Hospital floor, going, "What's that?" <laughs> oh no! She you goes, said yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. She goes, "Why do Australian men have such anal phobia?" <laughs> and Tebo went nine, nine, nine. Tebo, holding on to the goods all these oh. years. How has it taken so long to get this out? Mate, I could have fucking you. slapped a fucking Frank nine the fucking nine times. Uh, Frank the tank. Frank the tank. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, we, injury. we used to call T-Bone Frank the Tank because as he just doesn't seem to know T-Bone. No, he's just this the real the real T-Bone all the time. Frank the Tank, you know from old school the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank Will the Tank. Yeah. yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, he's a fucking madman. Um, <laughs> I four month re- four month recovery. Man. By the way, Trev, four, four month recovery, man. even from more. The back. Yeah, really? yeah, it was bad. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Just from onshore. 
yeah, slapping. Just should have seen Trev at down south physio. Apart. You would have been right no doubt, Toddy T at the jet seat just going, <laughs> just hitting the throttle that hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's just tore you in half pretty much. <laughs> just, I mean, he's revving uh, pretty hard most of the time. Yeah, so yeah. give him an instrument that you can actually rev and no doubt he was just talking it up to fucking 6,000 on the taco for A- sure. Acupuncture saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we should flip the question to Mickey of his injury in the water. Because Mickey, you've been through a fair bit, Mickey, with a, an ACL. There's... I mean, look at it. There's four of us with ACLs, and I, I know your injury history really well. And mate, you battled hard on that one. And testament to you to get through that rehab. That was heavy. Like you did well. So, but there's any surfing injuries? Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, yeah. Just had some some knee issues and stuff like that. So yeah, probably my worst one was um, trying to do a turn on my backhand, and at the same time, uh, the backwash hit the lip and uh, compressed me and. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I had to have surgery from that one. So that was a nice swim. That was a ninja nut, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but thankfully, uh, most of my other injuries haven't been surfing. That's probably the worst surfing one. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, that was it. And I know, I'm sorry, we did go on. Um, one thing Dave wanted to know, Trev, was just with recovery from surf, uh, from um, uh, if sauna is nice, bath of benefits and things like foam rolling and like for recovery from surfing. Yeah, no worries, Dave. Um and shout out to Dave. He's a really good guy. He's another guy who just smiles his way through rehab. Even when he's in a lot of pain, he had a lot of sciatica, Dave, didn't you? And um, he got through it and he still surfs a lot down in Greystown. And with the ice bath and sauna scenario, um, so cold water immersion and hot water immersion, I did read a big article on that about four or five years ago on the way to the AIS. And it showed that, if you do cold water immersion or an ice bath followed by hot water immersion, that is a better combination than either or in isolation. Um, the health benefits, which is pretty well known, and my good mate Craig Hindle, who's got a state-of-the-art ice bath at Base MMA and sauna, infrared sauna. At the moment, he's sort of feeding out information that around about 12 minutes of ice bathing um, a week – uh, you know, in an accumulation. So you want to do about four to five minutes at a time. And it's pretty heavy. I've done it a few times at, at uh, four degrees. Um, it's a bit of a, a trend at the moment in the sporting community, especially in the it's surfing community. It's a major trend at the moment. Huge. Eh? And, uh, and these trends go through the sporting industry and, and um, fraternity in different sports all the time. I've seen it over 20 years. And... Um, I think it does have health benefits. Uh, there's some chemical, biochemical factors that are involved. I won't go into that too much because I've had a few IPAs. That's another chemical. <laughs> but um, there's some metabolic factors which links to the the um, chemical sort of scenario. Um, and, you know, that's all the, the reactions in your body from, from muscle recovery um, and utilising the, the glucose that you feed into your body and glycogen into your muscles. Uh, there is, I think with ice bathing, you're going to get a desensitization of your pain and everyone thinks it reduces inflammation and things like that. It does have an impact on inflammation. You can look at the studies. There's different, um, ideas and thought processes from different parties on both sides, but 
I think it does have an impact on inflammation to an extent, but I think it desensitizes your body, especially with nerve pain and muscle pain, connective tissue, uh, you know, even bone pain, even my injury with my laceration, which I won't go on about too much again. <laughs> but I used my, I was down at the pro and I was working on that and my leg was swelling up and by the end of the day I was like, oh, fucking hell, it's pretty pretty fat at the back of my knee and I probably had a re-bleed because it went in three centimetres. And I used my game ready each night and that definitely got the swelling down. Probably more the compression. Compression was a big factor, but I think ice bathing and heat together is the best scenario. And in fact, the evidence shows that without going on about it too much. But if you use a foam roller for some self, you know, massage and, and um, release on your muscles and your fascia, that's going to contribute. So I think it's a combination, but... I do think it has its place. There's a there's some schools of thought, some exercise scientists out there, some um, exercise physiologists or sports science guys who are moving away from ice bathing, and you can read about that. But the next trend is, I think I think if you do an ice heat combination, and you are going to have some health benefits, but at the end of the day, it's about making yourself feel good, and then making sure you keep doing your exercise. Yeah, exercise your body, mechanically work your body. That's the number one factor, right? You just got to get it to that point. Yeah, solid okay? solid work there, Trev. Uh, very in-depth. Mate, I don't think I've given my worst surf injury yet. Uh, well, go on. Strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. You might yeah, be here for half we got an yeah, <laughs> T-Bone always does this to me. Usually they both leave at the same time and I'm sitting here by myself just trying to tell myself a story. It's so fucked. <laughs> Mate, I um, it was in the heady days of the – oh, fuck, I don't know when. Maybe the uh, late 2000s or early 2011, 2012, somewhere around there, and I'd – I was doing swell runs to um, – can you hear me all right, Emmy? Yep. I was doing swell runs to Nias and I'd, I'd, I did one – my first trip to Nias, I didn't do a swell run. I just booked it and went and got – There's a hell photo of you on the wall. Yeah, that was the first one. So, yep. Yeah. I got skunked first one. It was like three foot. Anyway, next time I'm like, all right, I'm going back and I'm going to fucking score it, man. It's Nias. I'm a natural footer. It's the dream, you know, like – and I was like – I'm going to do a swell run. So I saw big, big winter swells in the Indian Ocean. And uh, and I thought, yep, I'm booking my ticket. Two days out, I'm booking it and I'm fucking – I'm flying in. So I went there, rolled in. Sure enough, fucking, mate, 24 hours door-to-door, which is a stark contrast to the two weeks it used to take crew back in the 80s to get to Nias from Australia. Two weeks it used to take them, man. And I was bussing it out in like 22 hours, door to door. Walk out of this door and yelling up. 22 hours later, I'm standing on the point at Nias with my boards under my this arm. This was a skunked trip, was it? Or the, No, the this was, well, it was my worst surf trip ever. Okay. Because I get there, I do a swell run. I see it the night before. I think I might have went out and just had a real warm-up surf. Then the swell came up hard overnight. Proper, big, August, September, massive six meter storm down here Ooh. seven whatever you know big one pushed in woke up Nias is six to eight foot in the morning i'm on heavy my yeah i'm on my six to six eight single fin oggy <laughs> funnily enough the same 
boards that we're talking about early and I'm uh, and I paddle out there and I get a couple of waves and it's pretty crowded because everyone's flown in like some gurus have flown in strike you know, like missions strike missions man it's the, it was the age of the it was the peak of the strike missions like maybe 212 to 11 something like that yeah. around there 213 and um and it was pretty packed man it was like 25 30 people in the lineup I like I'm not a great surfer but I feel like I'm a competent surfer I'm just an average joe is pretty competent but I'm not a great surfer by any stretch and I honestly felt like I was in the bottom 3 surfers out of those 25 30 surfers out there you know so that made it hard because I wanted to push myself but I I couldn't do it on my own terms I was trying to negotiate this really fucking top echelon pack of surfers and I'm on this 68 single fin and I, I I got a couple I got a couple you know good ones but not like fucking proper double up ones and uh and I was working my way up to it cuz mate it's pretty intimidating these days like back in the day before the earthquake Nias at 8 foot wasn't super intimidating it was pretty armandy but now after the earthquake that's all I've known I never went there before the earthquake and now it's like fucking double up serious fucking at eight foot it's a fucking gnarly wave you you fall straight in to a freight train tube like there's no bottom turning and you know you're just dropping in sideways how's it compared to nalu the toomies well it's more perfect and it's 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 better but it's nowhere near as long but you're falling straight in the pit there's no doubt about it i'll see a right and yeah, obviously a right left yeah but uh, so anyway, um, yeah, what do you got, Mickey? Oh, I was just going to say with uh, – you mentioned about the uh, – obviously the, the reef lifting. Yeah. Uh, from Yeah, I noticed um, what I've got told when I was there was, you know, you can go there when it's one to two foot now and it'll break. Yeah, it's good. previously yeah. when the reef Even wasn't lifted. two to three foot, it's a super fun wave like the, now. The tectonic plates have lifted or oh, something. Oh, yeah. they lifted like a metre or something. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, and apparently back in the day, you wouldn't even surf there until it was four to five feet. But now you're surfing out the back. It's a super fun wave even when it's two to three foot. But when it's eight foot, it's fucking mega double up, like hectic double up. So what happened? So I'm surfing for maybe 45 minutes an hour. I'm out at first light, obviously, on my single fin and I'm trying to fucking work my way out in the lineup, in the pack. And then I, um, I take off on a pretty solid one. And because I'm on a singly and I'm sort of skipping out as I'm trying to drop sideways down the thing and I need to bottom turn on a singly, I can't – you can't pull in sideways on a singly. Well, I can't. It's it's pretty difficult. So I got like three quarters of the way down and I try to sort of pull in but I'm just not biting enough rail or fin and, and I sort of – fuck, I don't know if I half straighten out and I half pull in or whatever and I just wear this like eight-foot lip straight on the head and just instantly I feel my fucking old dodgy right knee ACL just fucking boom, gone straight away. I just have that feeling of pain slash with numbness that you know is a serious injury and I'm under the water just getting ragdolled and I'm just like, fuck, I'm fucked. And I so I, I, I go in, I limp up the beach and I just know straight away that, that I'm fully done. Is that when you redid it? Nope. No, I didn't even redo it that time, which is weird because I've 
had so many retweaks and then gone to MRIs and they're like, no, your ACL's okay, but my knee swells up and I'm cooked for like eight weeks. Quite often a graft, when you have an ACL recon, the graft that you have placed back in there from your hamstring or your patella tendon, they do quad tendons as well, as I mentioned before, they don't always have the full tensile strength of your original ACL because yeah, it right. is a graft at the yeah, end of the yeah, day. Yeah. Sometimes they do, like, yeah. but there's occasions – it's quite common for a lot of ACL recipients to have a bit of laxity in the graft. Like The surgeons know about it. You can feel it when you test people. Mine's pretty defunct now. but you pro- So you probably had some – Laxity in your graft. Something was going yeah, but on. But it's still attached. It was still yeah. attached, but I was proper fucked. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the other way to put it. I was still yeah. fucked. Yeah. But like, so, yeah. so I've crawled up and I was, I was traveling by myself and I went up into my Losman staring directly over Nias. And mate, the swell was just fucking pouring through. Whoa. Like proper solid eight foot Nias. Offshore and just one after another, after another, after another, all fucking day. Like all day, <laughs> man. And I did this at about 8.30 in the morning. First day of my trip. Oh, no. This is like internet was pretty How shitty. How long were you there for? Well, not much longer <laughs> because I was booked in for like fucking 10 days or something. Yeah, yeah. And this is – internet was really shit back then. Out in Nias, it's probably better now. I'd booked through um, Hello World in Dunsborough, Nessie's missus, Anita Ness. Yep. And I just got enough phone reception to ring her up and say, hey, Anita, I'm fucked. I've just blown my knee out. I got here last night. I just knew I was done. I knew I was done. There was no coming back from this. I, I mean, when you know, it's like when you've done knees, you know when it's done. Yeah, yeah, and I good. said, I need to get the fuck out of here because I'm here by myself. There's no air con. I had a shitty fan. Like... I was in a real bad way and I'm like, I need to get back to Medan to get some creature comforts and I need to get back to Australia. So I rang her. That was the beauty of booking through a travel agent at the time as opposed to doing it all yourself on the internet. I made one phone call to her and she rang me back three hours later with just like, I've booked this, I've booked that, I've booked this and it was all fucking streamlined. But it wasn't until the next day. So I remember just sitting in this hammock at Sirius Losman, shout out to Sirius Wa'u and his Nias family and Nias Guru himself, and sitting in this hammock and they got me some ice and I was just laying in this hammock all fucking day watching the most fucked up perfect Nias you've ever seen in your life, just solid <laughs> six to ten foot, just eight foot freighters all day, double ups. It went overcast and thundery because Nias is like half a degree north of the equator. It's not even south of the equator. You're actually north. It's so equatorial. And it was thundery and steamy and hot and dark and grey and just pulsating with swell all day to the point that from about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock onwards, it was like four people out because everyone was so fucking surfed out. And I'm still just sitting there in this fucking hammock with ice just watching empty wave after empty wave just spit and spit and spit. And it was the fucking most perfect waves I've ever seen in my life and I was so tortured. And then I'd booked this – I'd had all these fucking flights hooked and I needed to leave Nias at like 4.30 the next morning. So I had this driver organised. 
So I'm freaking out that this guy's not going to make the fucking – he's not going to turn up. Have so you got another was, question, Mick? I or? Think, is that my worst – Surfing, mate. I think it's I'm, pretty bad. I'm feeling a little bit down listening to that. Like, and, <laughs> mate, that's one of the good, like the best surf stories are the one where shit goes wrong. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know? I, I, but mate, Anita Ness from Hello World in Dunsborough Travel Agency got she's me back saved to Medan. People, hasn't she she yeah. saved me. Uh, the guy picked me up at 4:30, and I flew back to Medan. Then I spent like two days in this sweet hotel with aircon yeah. and internet and fucking. And a fuck knee, but it was so much better than the rat piss fucking sunken mattress. It's always amazing when you're in those Indo backdrop scenarios and you, when you're not injured and you're surfing heaps, it's fine. Yeah. And you can handle the rat piss and you can handle the heat and the sweat and and the rash and the mozzies mozzies and the the reef cuts and you just don't give a fuck. Yeah. But when you, as soon as you're injured and you Once can't you're, surf, then you're like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, That's the I message know. I'm getting out of that, and I know yeah. that feeling. Um, yeah. What a, is there, I've got a oh, question for Az. Have you got something? Yeah, i just got a positive question. This is the last one I've had. we've had sent through, um, and it's from Darren McDonald, who uh, has just basically – it's a positive story here, and he's um, uh, just <laughs> talking about T-Bone and uh, it's saying how amazing it is a, a bloke who grew up in the Boulder region uh, developing a passion for the ocean and surfing. So it's a positive thing for us. Uh, yeah, that's cool. In regards to T-Bone obviously growing up in the Boulder region. Yeah, so that's the last question or, or stat I've had. Should we, move on to, uh, should we move on to Clives and Steve's? Well, if you guys have got some Clives and Steve's, please. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, um, in all seriousness, I've got a um, serious Clive. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, the, um, unfortunately this week um, – we lost an amazing guy in uh, Phil Courtney. Um, Phil was a, a judge. He judged for over 50 years. He's an amazing guy that contributed so much to the surf, surfing here in Australia. There's so many um, surfers specifically from the New South Wales area that dedicate or devote a lot of their career to him. He's um, he was an amazing guy. Uh, he judged, like I was saying, for around 50 years. Unfortunately, he lost his battle to cancer this week. And so just sending a huge love to his family. Um, uh, Drew Courtney, who a lot of people would have heard of, was oh, yeah. here judging the Margaret River Pro uh, last week. And uh, he was, one wasn't of, he on the tour he, That's right, yeah. So uh, Drew was on the, the WCT tour. Yeah. Um, and Power surfer, wasn't he? Absolutely. He rips. And um, yep. so, yeah, just love and support to their family. I don't know, one of, uh, one so of his last – Cancer for the Clive? Definitely. And one of his yeah. last Fuck cancer. Last wishes was yeah. to- Can't you um, massage that shit out or something, no, no, no. Come it's, on, it's man. It's a pathology, mate. It's a horrible scenario and there's lots of different forms and it devastates a lot of lives and there's a lot of research going into it and um, it's a horrible scenario. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. just a, a massive shout out to their family, wishing them all the best. And uh, yeah, he's just a beautiful man. Um, Going to really miss him at events and- um, Thanks so much for everything you did, mate. And in all seriousness, um, his last wish was for his son, Drew, not to stop judging due to his illness, just to keep judging and following really? his passion. And so, he judged uh, the Margaret River Pro. He judged the Margaret River Pro. That's and, fucking um, cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was what his dad's wish was for him to continue wow. on. Uh, yeah, but that was my Clive, guys, definitely to cancer and wishing the, the Courtney family all the very best. Yeah, cool. Uh, Tuesday at Two Koalas up the road. Oh, yeah. I was uh, having a nice little session and then some – well, anyone with a thin moustache these days is generally in their 20s, aren't they? That's a pretty much a like a pretty easy statement to make, isn't it? Thin moustache and no other facial hair. I've got a client – I've just got one I just thought thin of. Thin moustache. Okay, but, but it was probably done by someone with a thin moustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, mate, I, took a, I was sitting out in the back waiting for the bigger ones and – 
I waited like 15 minutes. Then one came, took off on it, and this thin moustache guy was uh, on the inside. And obviously when the big one came through and I was bottom turning through it, he was scratching to get under and there was some other dude and he fucking sort of got in the way, you know. We didn't sort of get out of the way. He got in the way. Did and you I say needed sorry? To, oh, no. He didn't really say sorry. That was the thing. Like it was like, oh, mm. it was a pretty big section I had to get around but I would have had a better chance if he wasn't right fucking there, if he'd he have paddled avoided? towards the white yeah. water, you know. Yeah, like no, doing. It was pretty heck. It was like a six to eight footer. Like it was a solid, oh, it was six, it was a six footer. It wasn't an eight footer. But anyway, so he didn't quite get out of my way and then I had to straighten out and I, I got flogged and I was paddling back out and I had to paddle straight past him and I was sort of waiting for the customary fucking sorry man, like, you know, I didn't have much places to go. I noticed what it mean like, ah, oh, he's what it is. It wasn't like he intentionally fucked me over or anything. Can I jump in with my Clive on sure. that note? Because <laughs> when my daughters were down at um uh yelling up surf school last year and we, we couldn't get past the rocks at in front of um you know, the reef there. Everyone knows the reef, first reef. The reef, yep. And um, so we had to walk over the hill, over the track, and then get down to the other side to get to the, the beachy uh, where where uh, Crystal normally puts everybody. Yeah. And, and so there was Crystal about – Crystal from Yelling Up Surf School. Exactly. Yep. And there was about 20 kids and, and parents and we were carrying on the boards and stuff. And, and right in the middle of the track – in the middle of the where people walk, someone laid a massive dump, <laughs> like a seedy one, a big seedy fucking long weekend one. Like, a long weekend. Like, how's your long weekend? <laughs> I was like, this guy's and hasn't like, been eating healthy this and long it was weekend. Like, fuck! And every one of us, like all twenty kids and all parents, and everybody had to step over it. And my two daughters went, "Dad, this, who did that?" And I was like. Someone named Clive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish on a positive bad, note then, Mickey, please. I'll take it away. Have you yeah. had a Clive, though? Yeah, well, yeah you did. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got a couple of Steve Irwin salutes here. So, obviously, tonight's been all about interviewing the Barreled podcast members. So, yes. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to give you guys one. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, the Barreled, you guys are awesome. Um, you know, you, you guys are a platform for Western Australian surfing. Uh, to so interesting to hear, you know, guys – we spoke about, you know, people that not many people might know about, their backgrounds, what they do, how their career started, these kind of things. So uh, you guys definitely provide a platform for Western Australian surfing, uh, promoting mental health. Um, the movie's spoken um, quite personally about that, um, promoting female surfing. Yep. And you guys have obviously got families and full-time jobs outside of that. So, yeah, definitely one to you guys. And obviously we've just had the Margaret Thanks, Mickey Blair. Yeah, yeah, no dramas, guys. And, well, and mate, well, if you're giving – Steve Irwin salutes to Barrel Surf Podcast, mate. You and Trev are actually members of Barrel Surf Podcast, so you're saluting yourself. So good stuff. Oh, no. Well, you guys thanks, are, you yeah, guys are definitely one, guys. some sort of members. There's no doubt about it. And um, just another one, guys, I wanted to We're do. We're first well, cousins. Was, yeah. Um, yeah. We've just had the Margaret River Pro, and uh, that was obviously um, either the WSL are talking about that being the best event of the year so far. So just uh, yep. to the local community, obviously everyone at WSL, Surfing WA, guys like um, Mark Lane, uh, Justin Majek, so – Probably people don't see the behind the scenes things, but Justin and his team were there three weeks beforehand, uh, mm. two or three weeks after setting up and packing down. I think five days before the event, they had five days in a row. He only surfed like two days in that whole month or yep. some shit, and it was pumping. 
Those guys work he, their absolute They work hard. So it's a great huge, event. So everyone at Surfing WA, Water Patrol Australia, so that's all Perry Hatchet, Ant-Man, all the jet ski crew. Silzy. Silzy. Um, yeah, Jed Maddow. Um, uh, Dino Adrian, I'm pretty sure, is on that. There's a whole team. They're, they're an awesome bunch of guys. And also um, just on that, so a lot of the officials, uh, things like Patamo, uh, the head judge of the World Tour, has been on the tour for over 20 years. And a lot of those guys were saying the Margaret River Pro provided the best catering they've had ever had for any event anywhere in the world. And really? that's that's to yeah. our region. I've written these guys down because they definitely need a sh- shout out. That's to Supper Road, which are based in Vass. Uh, Oakberry. What's it called? Supper Road. Supper Road. So they did all the uh, catering this year As for in the first Supper, time. S-U-P-P-E-R. Yeah, Road. And I believe they're based out of Vass oh, here cool. in, in West Australia. And awesome. um yeah, Oakberry, Alsoi did Alsoi's for the, the whole – everyone, the, the judges, the, the works, VIPs, and local community, um, big shout-out to Mark River Roasting Company, and that's James, Isaac, and those team for just basically – I doing know that. Isaac and April, who works with him, um, and both uh, – and Isaac, he, yes, he rips, hey, he's a good surfer, and um, yeah, those guys were pumping out coffees for everybody Mate, every day. You'd be like fine – you'd find it hard-pressed to – get a comp anywhere in the world that is going to offer the quality that Margaret River Pro offers and that's why it is not going anywhere anytime soon because like you said before, the upgrade in the car park was specifically designed to cater for the Pro. We got the West Australian government that's just got fucking bundles of mining cash (laughs) spilling out of its (laughs) pockets. Let's be honest, it does. And uh, and that's why they're putting on a sick event, and and the event brings money to the community. Community like Chris O from Raw Life Juice, fucking legend. He's a Steve Irwin in himself. He's down there selling juices. All those little vendors selling juices in the car park, mate. All the accommodation people are cruising down from Perth, going, mate. I, I remember back in the day, like before I even lived down here, like twenty five something years ago. Be like, oh, the fucking bros on. You'd drive down in your kinger. You'd fucking sleep in a car park somewhere and go to the concert where they threw a bottle at that guy, dude Ben Lee's head or something on stage. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> fucking, you'd just be down. It's this action. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it brings it brings money to the town, and the WA government puts on a fucking great show. And all those people that Mickey just thanked. It, mate, it really. That's why Snapper went back to the challenges because they just couldn't match the power of the WA government's mining goldy dollars. It's kind of interesting too because my my, um, Steve Irwin was for WSL and Surfing WA together mostly because I was really impressed with the whole operation and how they um, had a joint connection with setting up the whole event and, and making sure it ran smoothly. And I know you've been involved for a long time, Mick, and I know you've been a fan and you're part of the media side of things down there, Adzi. And um, that was my on. first time being involved and uh, the WSL got me, like contracted me, so I, my Steve Irwin goes to those guys with the Marga River Pro. And I, I reckon the Steve Irwin also goes to the waves that Marg's actually delivered. Yeah. i got a quick Steve Irwin. Uh Vaughn Rinse Corn Deadly from Ain't That Swell came over for the Margies Pro, did their Ain't That Swell live podcast at Margies. That was fucking awesome. Did the greatest surfing movie in the universe or whatever the fuck that crazy ass movie was. That was awesome. Um, took him for a surf that day up at a local location. That's, yeah, and it was pretty solid. 
and deep water reef and, you know, uh, a bit sketchy. And uh, he came out there with his mate Nick Paulette. Well, Tuesday, that was mate, huge. Mate, I've got a last – one last Steve Irwin to a young girl from maybe Gracetown, Leela Fraser. Oh, yeah. Part of something called Rising Tide. Uh, the women pros, like the day before the comp or whatever. And I it was saw all them. fucking macking. Them. Yeah, yeah. It was big and she paddled out. She got one screamer that her mum showed me a video of. Like she gets one screamer, then got cleaned up and fucking snapped a leggy and like was swimming around in the impact zone just getting worked and had to get picked up by the ski. But you'd know, and to be out there on an eight to ten foot yeah. day at Margie's. Pro you could women. talk about that, Mick. Cool. Hey, you know about so I'm nominating uh, Leela Fraser for a, uh, for a Steve Irwin salute as well, and that's that's me. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, awesome, guys. And just a final comment for me. Just a final comment, guys. Thanks to everyone who sent through questions to Trevor and I and the Barrel Podcast to ask the boys. So greatly appreciate everyone. Yeah, thanks, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. One more yeah. Steve Irwin salute to Jeff North and Sasha North for yeah. running the Yelling Up Shred Fest. G'day everybody, it's Bugs here and you're listening to Barreled Surf Podcast. You've got to sign us out here, Nick, <laughs> otherwise me and Trevor just keep going, yeah, mate. it could be a long, long night, couldn't it? Well, thank you everyone for listening to Barreled Podcast and uh, yeah, good. thanks for having Trevor and I on, guys. It's yeah, been good to interview so you guys yeah. and thanks for everything you guys do in all sincerity. Thanks to Namu and T-Bone yep. and thanks to you, Adzi. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>